Welcome to episode 19 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Casal. Good evening. Yay! It is one day post San Diego Comic Con 2013. And that's what we're going to discuss tonight. The, the limited amount of news that came out of this weekend's big nerd event on the other side of the country. I was surprised that there wasn't more news that came out. You gentlemen? Well, I mean, there, there are some big things that we'll get into, um, but it wasn't really comic book related. They were all movie and uh, TV show, but not really a lot of actual comics at Comic-Con. Right. The movie industry really hijacked Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con used to be called the San Diego Comic-Con, and now it's Comic-Con International. Yeah, it should and probably be Hollywood Con. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's been like, like that for a couple years. Do you guys think that's a bad thing, or...? Yes and no. Um, anyway, we'll get into it a little bit, uh, a little bit later, but I believe we have uh, a certain segment that Ian likes to take over called Housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Do I take over housekeeping? I mean, any anybody else can... We'll, we'll have guest housekeeping. <laughs> no, days. you can do it. You're the minority. <laughs> oh! Because oh, oh. I'm keeping house. My job. Was it? I, I got r- r- racial. <laughs> um, we're, we're talking a little bit about uh, San Diego Comic Con. I want to um, do a little plug for us McSauce guys for... Two upcoming conventions that we're going to be attending. The real cons. The real cons, because the real superstars will be there. And we won't talk about stupid movies. We'll be talking about comic books. And, you know, action figures and whatever other Not that we don't, lo- not that we don't like and love movies. I feel like we're kind of, uh... We're beating up movies a little bit. A little bit. For something that's called comic convention, you know. It doesn't get a lot of, uh... A lot of actual comics. But we'll get into that. Sure. But other conventions that we actually will be at, we're going to be at the Baltimore Comic Con at the Baltimore Convention Center, Saturdays and Sunday, September 7th through 8th. And we're also going to be at the Pittsburgh Comic Con, our home con, if you will, Monroeville Convention Center, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 27th, 28th, and 29th. So, if you would like to make the travel and uh, see us in person, we certainly will shake your hand and sign autographs for you. We sure will. I believe I'll also be bringing 8x10 glossies. Oh, that's nice. How much are you going to charge for those? Kenny Baker's standard $25. $25. Are you going to sucker some stupid kid into, uh, hey, hey, you want you want a picture with me on it? Yeah, I'm going to... Um, no, wait, he just asked if you wanted an autograph, right? An autograph, yeah. You want an autograph? And you're like, yeah! Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it seem like I'm famous. Like I've done something. How are you going to do that? I, th- I, I don't know, I think if you're... We were really it, bad at it last year, so... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, it, I think it, it can be done. Maybe um, that'll be my goal this Comic-Con season, to trick someone into getting my, my autograph. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. Make them think you're famous. Mm-hmm. But get in contact with us if you wanna if you wanna see us or hang out with us. We'll let you know exactly where we are, and uh, maybe this year we'll have something to even give away. Last year when we were at Pittsburgh Comic Con, all we really had were business cards and postcards. Maybe we'll do something a little more extravagant. Um, Too bad we can't package up this podcast and give like cassette tapes of it away or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that would be good. But yeah. unfortunately, nobody will have a cassette player. Around <laughs> it, so. Those would be pretty cool, like business cards, though, like leave behind. Expensive, but kind of cool. It would be. Leave behind our business thumb drive. Ooh, wouldn't that be cool if we could give out thumb drives? It'd be super fucking mm-hmm. expensive. We're gonna give shit out via the cloud. Yes, yes, yes. If you come to us, we will give you a piece of paper that'll say go to mcsauce.com. <laughs> you can find us at podomatic.com, Stitcher Radio, iTunes Store. That's what this little piece of paper will say. We'll even sign it so that you have some authentic shit. Um, and then after that, you can tell us how much you like us on Facebook. Yay. Tell us about things on Twitter. Um, and that's that's really all I got for Moonlit or for uh, um, housekeeping. Moonlit matinees this week at the Oaks Theater. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. One of my personal favorites. Which I'll, you probably still won't go to see. I probably won't go to see, but I have it on DVD. <laughs> I was so um, disappointed when it came out that Jeffrey Jones is a pedophile. Isn't that a shame? Because that dude is hilarious. How great was he in Beetlejuice? He was really good in Beetlejuice. He was quite good in Beetlejuice, but not nearly as good as he was in Howard the Duck. I have no <laughs> recollection of that. I've never seen Howard the He's Duck. He's very before. much in Howard the Duck. He played like yeah. that scientist, and he ended up like turning evil, and he was like possessed by some crazy monster. And you don't remember? It's so good. I think I only saw Howard the Duck once. Really? I wasn't impressed, and I never gone back to watch it again. Yeah. Have you seen Howard the Duck? No, I I haven't seen it. There is, in the beginning of the movie, Paul, you'll probably remember this part, there is a naked woman duck who's, like, taking a bath and you see her, like, her duck tits with feathers all over them. Well, now I have a reason to watch Howard the Duck. (laughs) Yeah. Um, A duck tit aficionado. (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad saying that I've never seen it, um... It's a, it's a comic book movie. Gets a lot of um, a lot of negative and positive, you know, kind of backlash. Some people like it. I know the guys. From I like it. That comic smell. That's the, like their Twitter avatar. So. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, I've never seen the it. So maybe I'm like sex, hotter, sexy. Hotter yeah. In that than in Back to the Future. I've seen pictures of her like that. Um, Doesn't she fuck the duck in that movie? Duck fuck. Or it was, or it was supposed to happen, but then they took it out at some point. Uh, I don't, I don't think know. she actually did, but there was a lot of sexual tension. Has anybody read any Howard the Duck stuff? We should have that as a homework assignment. Uh, we no. should read it, or one of you listen. Actually, you li- <laughs> listeners, someone out there, please read Howard the Duck. Report back to us, and we will act like we read it. Yeah, right? and that, that is your so- homework. But don't tell anyone else that you read it and got back to us about it, so it seems like we really read it. Yeah, because that'll ruin it, so let's keep this between us. I read Destroyer Duck because Destroyer Duck crossed over with Savage Dragon back in the late 90s. I don't remember Destroyer Duck at all. Yeah. I've read Darkwing Duck. He was another Steve Gerber uh, creation. Steve Gerber's the creator of Howard the Duck, and 
I guess Marvel owns Howard the Duck, I want to yeah. say. And uh, I, this is, I'm probably wrong, so if I am, forgive me, but I think he kind of got screwed over by Marvel, or he figured he got screwed over, so then he created a new Duck character called Destroyer Duck, I want to say. Not a, probably not as good, not as popular. Why, why was he an expert on I guess you write what you know, so maybe he lived next to a Duck pond. And... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go out and say... Leah Thompson was way hotter in Back to the Future than she was in Howard the Duck. Because in Howard the Duck, it's like super 80s up. As opposed to super 50s up? Yeah. yeah, which is really weird because normally I don't think anyone from the 50s yeah, is I... Matt, just her, just her right butt cheek is not enough to make her hot the whole time. But her, she's got this giant crimped hair, well, some crazy ass bow in it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go Back to the Future. It's like a... There's um, both butt cheeks in that picture. Yeah, I mean, those are good butt cheeks. Yeah. Let me see. I'm, well, that's very <laughs> 80s hair. It's good radio. Those, yeah. Good well, radio. It, it'll, turn, it'll be uh, good radio that has payoff whenever we put the uh, read-along guide on. But those are some pretty good butt cheeks. Um, I do like 80s version. Some of the best of butt cheeks I've ever seen on film is... I haven't gotten mine on. Oh, I, I don't think I have either. Some of the best butt cheeks I've seen are Goldie Hawn's daughter in the in um, the movie with Matt Dillon and Owen Wilson. I don't know what movie that is. I am totally. I can't believe I'm blanking on on the name on her name and the name of this movie. Well, her name is Yumi and Dupree. That was the movie. You, me, and Dupree. Okay. And her name is... Kate something. Kate Hudson. Yes. Some of the best butt cheeks I have ever seen on film. Hmm. And I've seen a lot of butt cheeks on film. I I feel like... Um, I feel like boobs were better in the late, not, late 80s, early 90s. There's a lot of under boob kind of shots and stuff like that that were happening. Like a lot of high cut crop top shirts and shit like that. I have no idea what you're talking about. And there's about. not a lot of that now? I don't I don't think so. Not the particular kind of boob under boob shot that uh, I'm thinking of. You should write a letter. To, to who? Someone. Com- <laughs> Comic Con? There it is. Damn impressive butt cheeks. Again, payoff will be payoff will be later, folks. You should be getting the yeah, payoff I mean, that's okay. right about now. That's okay. Ian apparently is not a fan of butts. Uh, I didn't say... I said it was okay, but it's not better than her butt cheeks in this uh, candid shot here. Those are in sweet. The, Those are sweet cheeks. Bikini on the beach. Yeah, that was my nickname in high school. Those Bikini on cheeks. the beach was your nickname? Sweet cheeks, Casal. Sweet sweet cheeks. Remember Sweet Chuck from Police Academy? <laughs> I do remember him. The, the stream of consciousness... <laughs> Were you a Police Academy fan, like a big fan? I, I the, was, yeah. I like the cartoon better than the movies. You remember uh, the cartoon? I re- and I had some action figures. Did you really? We've oh, managed. Said, we've managed to go from Jeffrey Jones pedophilia <laughs> clear to the Police Academy cartoon. I think it's a natural progression, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's the evolution of conversation. Sweet Chuck. Uh, you had Zed. And you had Carrie Mahoney, which always kind of threw me off. You had a girl's mm-hmm. name for a first name. Yeah, that is, that is strange. I, I thought Steve Dudenberg should have had a bigger career 
in his in these in these older days. He had a massive career. It's like he made a deal with the devil <laughs> to only be popular for a particular decade, and then that was it. He was, was everywhere. Short circuit. Short was circuit. Three, three men in a baby. Yeah. Was that was that at the end of the eighties or into the nineties? I forget. I don't know, but he was in Cocoon as well. I never, I've never seen Cocoon. Or was before. it Cocoon Two? He no, was it was Cocoon. But Cocoon One, One, yeah. Okay. I mean, he was all over the place, but then that was it. My oh, stick drew. Nineteen eighty-seven for three months. Right at the end of his deal with the devil. And then he, and then it seems like he disappeared. I don't know if he, I don't know if he retired. If he just didn't. Do actors retire? I mean, not. Yeah. Do they? You know who retired? Uh, I was just thinking about this uh, today. Uh, Sean Connery. Did he really retire? Yeah. You yeah. know what the last movie he made? I'm going to bring this back to comic books. No, we can keep. Let's keep going. The League I of Extraordinary know. Gentlemen. Really? Well, that'll make anybody retire. That was the last comic book movie he did? It was the last movie movie. Yeah. Was it really? No, no, no. It was the last movie he did. Get the fuck out of here. Well, you're on IMDb, so there's a good opportunity for you to probably look into that. Come on it. Sean Connery. Um, well, yeah, yeah, it looks like that was it, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He, uh, did some voice work, but as far as actually appearing in things... I mean, the cat's been working since 1954. It's been ten years. You know? It's a long time. Yep. They um, kind of wrote him out of Indiana Jones. Smells like a quitter to me. Oh. I think he's, I think he's losing his mind at this point. I think he's... Kind of tipping in the other direction, so maybe he should. Really? Why do you think that? Um, just whenever you see him in appearances, he kind of seems like. What appearances? When do you see him and what appearances? What are you talking about? You hear him, like, sound clips from him if he's at some awards show. Those are Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Saturday Night Live (laughs) playing Jeopardy. I'm just saying. Not Saturday Night Live clips. No, it's not. But it seems kind of crazy, like Harrison Ford at this point. Oh, that's pretty fucking crazy. I'm and not I, familiar with so, like, Harrison like Ford, Ford's insanity. Really. He's not, I mean, they're not like balls ass crazy insane. They're just they're kind of goofy they're off. at this point. They're off. Um, are we still doing housekeeping? We can transition into what we are here to talk about, which is San Diego Comic Con and the news or lack thereof that came out of last week's comic convention. I, I like. I like Comic Con for the fact that it it elevates the nerd culture, like it permeates a lot of fucking media. That goes right along with what you said you were going to hate about Star Wars and the new sequels. Oh, uh, look at Ian trying to st- stir the pot already. I'm just, I'm just Star Wars fa- and Comic Con are different. Because Comic-Con is once a year, it's for one weekend, and then it disappears again. But even on, you know, like, LA Times homepage, I mean, this weekend it's just big Comic-Con. So, but it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. So you're okay with and the one-time shot. I'm okay with promoting comics in the genre, because even though it's pretty much Movie-Con now, mm-hmm. but at least it's, it's still called... At least it's Comic Book Movie-Con. Yeah, it's yeah. comic book movie con. Comics are still involved. Yep. All of the pu- the you know the publishers are, are there. They still it's not you still hear about all this other stuff. 
Yeah, some of the really big news m- makes, like, you know, the the news. You know, you're going to read it on Yahoo, you're going to read it on CNN. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember G4 used to cover Comic-Con. They used to have, like, a, it was like um, how ESPN covers the NFL draft. Yeah. It's like a long wall kind of thing. I don't know if G4 even exists anymore or what. I think they might not. Yeah. I, I thought that maybe... They transitioned into something else, but I'm not. I have sure. never watched G4. I always really liked seeing the Comic Con uh, coverage. I thought it was pretty cool. I I used to enjoy some things on G4, um, although I never got it at my house. I always had to like see it if I was at my parents' place. But I feel like there was a small window for G4 that I was ready to get into it. But at that ex- that's when HG HD TVs were like everyone was getting. An HD channel, and I wa- I wanted to watch G four, but it didn't have an H- HD channel yet, and I was like, "Fuck this!" They only I'm got it. Wow, this, I'm not watching this Stone Age crap. I agree. I agree. I felt the same way. They event. I mean, pretty within a couple of years, they they got a HD channel, but um, a couple of years. Is a long I know. Time. I know. I know. I know. I agree. But I used to. I felt the same way. I I wouldn't watch it because. It was really shitty to look at, mm-hmm. and you would think that a channel that was all about, you know, and it cutting was, edge, cool stuff that they would have, and it was an even HD shittier feed. to look at on a an big H- HD TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, G four was at uh, Star Wars Celebration three in Indianapolis back in two thousand five. Um, before I knew what the hell G four was, but um, me and the group of friends that went to um, the Star Wars convention went to Buffalo Wild Wings nearby, and we went there. That's where G4 was, like, setting up to do their their live show, which, coincidentally, was also the first time I was ever at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Hmm. The official restaurant of the McSauce podcast, <laughs> if I may say so but, myself. But um, we, we also went to, when we first got to Indianapolis, on the same street where the convention was, like, just a few blocks away... We went to a Steak and Shake, like, for lunch that day. Mm-hmm. And if you know Steak and Shake, it's kind of like a diner kind of thing. Um, and we went in there, and there were so many nerds dressed up like Star Wars characters, it felt like we were going into the fucking cantina <laughs> from, from A New Hope. That's and that funny. was, yeah, it was pretty funny. So there wasn't a whole lot of, there wasn't a whole lot of news that came out of Comic-Con. Some news, and I think this may have even hit the week before, but there were um, the news about a new Neil Gaiman written Sandman book. I haven't read Sandman. Darcy and Dylan should be excited about this. I still have the Sandman that I borrowed from them, which I have not read yet, but I will read. I'm a busy man. Neil Gaiman's going to be writing. It looks like J.H. Williams III, very popular artist, is going to be drawing it. Have you ever read any of his stuff that he did in Batwoman? No. I've seen enough of it. I know what it looks like. But I've never read it. It's good stuff. I'll let you borrow it if you're interested. Personally, I'm not excited about Sandman just because I've never been I've never been into it. Is this something either of you are going to get into? Well, I think it's cool because it, it feels like it has the potential to be an, a good jumping on point for new readers rather than having... <clears throat> to go back and read, what is it, nine trade paperbacks or 13 trade paperbacks, which is a daunting task. 
maybe not for Paul, but for a slow reader like myself, that's that's going to be rough, especially yeah. one that's got a lot of words like Sandman seems to have. Um, so it, you know, plus you know you get the uh, the the perks of all the latest in digital coloring. You know, it doesn't look like a book from I don't know. It's, it's not going to look like that first Sandman trade anymore. No, no, it's going to be a lot prettier. So, uh, yeah, I I'm interested. Uh, I wouldn't say excited. They're getting the same guy doing the covers too, right? The, I that I'm not sure about. Oh, David Keen. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is doing the covers. See, you are sure about that. Yeah, I I thought you meant the same guy that's doing the interior doing the covers. Mm. No, I meant I meant Dave McKean. Okay. Who I didn't know about <clears throat> until we had Darcy and Dylan on, and I guess he was a big, uh, big graphic design guy that everyone wanted to emulate back then. Well, he was when I went to school. I remember that you know when we were first learning Photoshop and layers. Oh my God, layers! Everybody was gonna emulate that shit. Ian Sandman. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am actually kind of. Uh kind of into it. I think it might be pretty cool. <laughs> and so does the kid practicing drums. Yeah, and that's it, in the studio next door. We're, what are they recording? Um, I, they're recording intermediate drum tracks, apparently. Oh. The, the beginners, the beginners lessons. So is this, is this, um, young drummer? I think this is, young drummer is about 40 years old. But he's not real good at drumming yet. Never too late to start. He's working on it. He's, do you think maybe? Do you think maybe a good starting uh, apparatus for him would have just been a drum pad and save our ears from bleeding as he suckily oh. tries drumming on it on, like, on a thirty-piece kit. I like suckily. I think that's harsh because we don't we don't really hear it. I don't I, even I think it. the listeners are gonna. I don't even think that symbol is gonna pick up on the. I the think. Mic. I think it. I think it'll pick up. You think so? Yeah, you can hear... Matt barely picks up some of the time, and he's you... sitting right here. Yeah, but you can hear a lot of stuff on the street if you pay attention. Yeah, I'm excited for Sandman. I think it'll be kind of cool. I'm not really... Um, I haven't really read any Sandman except for the first one, which I didn't really like all that much. But I, um, I'm looking forward to maybe... Maybe looking at it with uh, some new eyes, I think, as you guys referenced. Digital coloring, I'm, I'm probably going to buy Sandman on um, through Comixology. And um, I think it, in, it already, if you, um, if you go there, it seems like they're going to have a free digital comic from Vertigo, Sandman number one, yeah. that you'll be able to get. Um, I'll probably... Yeah, I was just Get on that. Comixology actually as we're speaking because you know this podcast is kind of boring the shit out of me. Whoa! And I'm just kidding. How dare a- you? And and I was looking and it's not on. It's not for free yet. Yeah, it, because it's the new one I think that isn't produced yet. Really? Is that what they're that's what saying? I'm, that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting from it. That's on what... on comic comic book resources, it says Comixology, take comics further, the Sandman number one, free digital comic, get right. the comic. and then you get the comic, and I did that too. And and then, see how it switched, this is retardedly boring. <laughs> you guys are killing me. I know. I'm <laughs> so... You guys are absolutely killing me. You're... <laughs> this, this, the Sandman is putting us to sleep. 
behind this monotone droning on about what's free and what isn't, we should put Mr. Sandman. <laughs> all right, we're so gonna... yeah, Sandman, you know, it looks all right. Um, get it free somehow, somewhere on Comixology if you haven't already. We're going to shift gears and talk about something. <laughs> talk Those about drums were really drumming. loud. <laughs> was there... <laughs> I wish we could time it. Like, once I was like, because the Sandman's putting us to sleep. Other news from Comic-Con, um, Superman, Batman. No, we're no? going to save that for later. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, stuff. I'm sorry. I, I, th- I, I thought we needed stuff. a game changer. Why would you blow think, your load that I know, why would Because you, we just... Wow. How, just, long, have just been, how long have you been podcasting? Is this episode 19 or is this episode 1? I was trying to... Change the energy. That's what I was trying to do. How about how so about this? Do if you disagree with me, then let's talk how about, about this? something do else. Do either of you think water is it wet or not? Do either of you think Harley Quinn needs her own ongoing book? No. Next, Superman, Batman movie. Anybody you, want? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Are either no. of you interested in picking this up? No. Even no. though Amanda Connor's on art and she's a very good artist. No. Yeah, I mean, if they're but she's only on the covers. She's only doing the covers. That's what I understand. That's she's what I not. Remember. No, I thought she was doing the whole thing. Because her Connor and Jimmy not... Palmotti, her husband, are like co-writing I, and I putting this whole thing together. I don't feel like Amanda Connor is that big of a draw to justify just covers. She's no J. Scott Campbell. Let's put it that way. I don't think Harley Quinn needs her own book. I, just like I don't think the Red Lanterns need their own book. Well, she was uh, one of the characters in Suicide Squad. Which did they cancel that? I think Suicide Squad's still going on. I never read an issue of it. I read, I think, about the first six issues of it, and it started out with a lot of promise, actually, but it very quickly got boring. Monthly series debuting later this year with yet-to-be-named artist. Fuck. And Connor will be doing the covers, but some other person. So if... I wasn't interested to begin with. Now I'm even less interested. If she was doing the interiors, maybe I would give it a chance. What if She's not? What so. if it turns out Todd McFarlane is drawing the interiors? Well, you guys would be. In. I'd be all over I would that. Still that would be, be awesome. Actually, now, that would. I'm would a big be, Amanda Connor fan. I would fan. be pissed though. I would be like, why the fuck is he coming back to draw Harley, <laughs> Harley Quinn? Quinn? Yeah. Like there's Spider Man that's begging to be like pulled out of the the sewer. I I just I don't get the. I feel like DC keeps putting out books that no one's going to fucking read. But people like Like Team, Team Green or whatever yeah, that is. Yeah, like that like 99% Green, book. And then there's like the sister book that's like the 1% book to it. Oh, like the... Um, the Red and the Green, I The think. Movement. The, you know, um, what is, called? uh, what was it? Occupy Wall Street. Is it something yeah, it's, it's kind of like based on that, that in the superhero world. That's like, stupid. who the fuck wants to read about that? I it sounds know. so fucking boring. And so does a, a Harley Quinn book. You know what, though? At least they're giving you new shit. It could be worse. They could be like Marvel and give you 35 Avengers titles. Or, you and, know, 35 and, X-Men titles, Yeah, too. right. And and not bother giving you or you any, know, any B or C listers. Like, well, that's not fair. Or, I mean, they could probably Thor, put, Hawkeye. No, no, yeah, right. But, like... You know, no Silver Surfer. Yeah. No, there's no Doctor Strange. Moon Knight keeps book. getting canceled. Yeah, but that's because people aren't buying the right, book. Right, it's kind of people sad. People like me and, you know, who, uh, Tom Lynch loves Moon Knight. You know, make a big deal whenever Moon Knight comes out, but then there aren't enough fans to actually generate having that book on the shelves. I feel like this book's going to last, last one arc, 
uh, the Palmotti Connor team will leave. It'll last two more issues, and then that'll be it. Because I, I just don't know what market there is out there for a Harley Quinn ongoing series. Is she really that interesting of a character on her own? I don't think so, but it, it has... If the team is really good, if the art is really good, and it turns out the story, they come up with something good, I think it'll be okay. In the immortal I, words of Jeff Johns, there are no bad characters, only bad creators. Yeah, I think you can write almost, with the right person, you can write almost anything, and people will find it interesting. Harley's got enough going for her that it could be interesting. Um, I don't know if it's sucking me in. Um, I, I would have been on board for Amanda Connor, I think. I would have been cool with her. I, I have a couple of her, her um, sketchbooks. I think she's a really great artist. She was on Watchmen. She did a really great job on uh, the before Watchmen <clears throat> title that she was on. So. Certainly a, a Harley Quinn miniseries makes sense. Um, but Yeah, if, on, if they were releasing a mini, I'm with you. Yeah, an ongoing series just doesn't make any sense, I don't think. Um I think there's enough Bat spin-off books anyway. I mean, there's enough regular Batman books, but, you know, you add the spin-off books. I mean, shit. If it's Batman-related at DC, what is that, about 50%? Maybe <laughs> maybe if they put Batman's brain in Harley Quinn's body and called it Superior Harley Quinn, DC would be a good book. DC does a lot of stupid stuff, but they're not that stupid. <laughs> oh, zing. Where's my rim shot? Doodle. Yeah, um, I don't know. I th- I think it'll people will buy it, but I, I agree think with it'll you be guys. around for a few years, and or maybe two years, something like that. Maybe a year. Well, I you can't knock what DC's doing with refreshing their line pretty consistently. Yeah, um, I think that's a good idea. I wish Marvel would cancel more of their books that yeah. that just are clogging up the shelves. True. It seems like DC at least has a plan where Marvel just puts stuff out. And... I, what do you think of the uh, the current Harley Quinn design? I'm okay with it, but um, I, I if you ask me, I'd like more of the classic. That's that's what I think people know. I'm all right with. I really don't like the version of her in the Arkham City games. That, yeah, like, well, tough I, like street punk kind of looking deal. Kind of added quite a bit of sex appeal to her, though. Yeah, I um, guess so. I the the reason why I even referenced it is I think that the current look for her right now mm-hmm. was inspired by that Arkham game. I agree. I agree. And uh, I I actually quite like the Arkham game design because uh, um, it it added like a uh, kind of a gothic look. To her that yeah. I mean, think about her regular look from the animated series. I mean, maybe at the time, back in the early '90s, it, it made sense. But you know, a lot of heroes and villains from that era, when you look back at their costumes, <laughs> NFL Super Pro. Are, I know. Are, look at what he looks like now. Right. I mean, they're laughably bad. The, the, you know, super tight spandex, not a whole lot going on, like. Uh, Texturally on these characters, everything's just basically a, a leotard with a different print design, and that's what Harley Quinn was really. Yeah, I, I I think that's a good point. I think it had a classic element to it that that main design, or maybe that like you said texture. Maybe they could put some more texture. Well, I mean the Riddler. That's another example. He used to wear a green leotard. Mm-hmm. Now 
the Riddler, you know, has the top hat or whatever that is. What kind of hat is that? Bowler hat? Is it a bowler hat? He has a bowler, bowler hat. hat. Okay. And then he, he's got, you know, a jacket and everything and and there's just a little more interest, I think, in his in his look. Do you feel that they kind of skanked her up though with the new design? Totally. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's you know the sex appeal. I think they're, I, I guess they're trying to appeal to people like Paul or something. Surprisingly, I don't think she needs sexed up. I prefer her. I think she's. I think the character works in that that checkered one piece. I think she's a lot more creepy like that. I'm just realizing that. There are the the version of her in the upcoming series and the one from the release of the new Fifty Two are they're pretty different. Um, I guess I kind of like the two tone hair that she has, but it kind of looks like in the new version in this upcoming series she looks like she's wearing a roller derby outfit. A little yeah, bit. it's a it's a sexy picture, but I I don't think it's necessary. Do we want to? Uh... Keep it on. Keep it on. One more bit of comic news. Yeah. I don't know what. What can we do? I'm just a rookie here, and I have no idea. This is my first podcast. We noticed. I didn't say Ch- that. Changing the energy. Speaking of books, a foundation of podcasting. Speaking of books by DC Comics that I don't think need to be made, the Superman Wonder Woman book. Hmm. By Tony Daniel. Mm-hmm. You're a Tony Daniel fan, Matt. Is he is he writing it? I think he's writing and drawing it. That could be bad. Oh no 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 no! He's just drawing it. Charles Soule is writing it. Who's Charles Soule? Charles Soule is uh, one of the newcomers that got put on Red Lanterns, and he's also writing Swamp Thing now that Scott Snyder left. Neither of which I have read. I haven't read any either. The couple guys that I've talked to about his. Swamp Thing issues so far. They said they've been really good. Really? Better than I read the first Red Lanterns issue, and I think the Red Lanterns just bore the sweet Jesus out of me. That's another book that should never have been written. I think you I could put you, need you could put Johns or Bendis on Red Lanterns, and I'm not going to give a fuck. Why should there not be a Red Lanterns book? Because they are better supporting characters. They're not interesting enough on their own. Who are the Red Lanterns? Because a bunch of dudes that they just made the fuck up. The Red well, Lanterns they... are like the Green Lanterns. They're core, but they run on they run on rage instead of willpower. Mm-hmm. And ori- originally, when they were introduced, well, hold on a second. What's the difference between ra- like hate, basically rage, yeah. hate? Okay. What's the difference between hate and willpower? Because I would think if you passionately hate something and you have a lot of willpower toward it, right? Because willpower, willpower makes you, like, get up and go. You're to do good. To when push you, through When you're anything. a Red Lantern, you are not in control. You are okay. totally consumed okay. by this ring and by the rage. I think there's more, yeah, more focus with willpower. Mm-hmm. So, when they're this just core of, like, insane psychopaths that the Green Lanterns and Blue Lanterns have to have to deal with, it makes them a lot more interesting, but when you try to write a story about them, mm-hmm. you need to pull pull that rage back because you're clearly not going to tell a story about some mindless freaks that are just going crazy. They need to have some semblance of story, and it makes them less threatening, and Again, they've managed to make them less interesting. Well, you have it. to have something redeemable about those characters. Nobody's going to read a book just about 
fucking crazy people that all they want to do is kill, right, and that's kill what, things. And that's what they've done. They've really? tried to make them... They've people tried read, to make them, like, anti-heroes. Do people read Mark Millar books? Oh. Well, that's not every Mark Millar chain. book. Nemesis was a little bit about that, but... It was a miniseries. I only had to get six of them. Speaking of miniseries... Red Lanterns is a, was an ongoing book. Speaking of miniseries, it sounds like Red Lanterns would work as a miniseries, right? Maybe. But so they did an ongoing know. piece with it. Yeah, right. They're, they're trying to make them like the DC Universe's anti-heroes. Because now they they devised a way where they can get some of their consciousness back. You know, they're still fueled by the rage. They still vomit napalm. Is it DC's answer to the Thunderbolts. No. no. The Thunderbolts are Marvel's answer to Suicide Squad or yeah, um, essentially. Uh, okay. Secret Six. More like a Secret Six, I would think. What came first? Secret Six, I would imagine. And and Secret Six is kind of fueled by Suicide Squad. They're all like the same kind of yeah. deal, okay. I want to say. I would imagine that, you remember the Venom comics in the 90s? He, he had a bunch of miniseries. Yeah, Lethal and, Protector. Yeah. It made Venom really watered down because they, you had to like get behind him and he had to have some kind of nobility to him where when he's telling Spider-Man that he's going to eat his brains, he's way more interesting. Yeah, and that's what that's what they've done with Red Lanterns. They've kind of made him like... They've tried to make him like Dexter where it's like, all right, he's a serial killer and he's really scary, but he only kills bad guys. He only kills guys that, that, that deserve it. And I'm like, come the fuck on. Like, they're they're more interesting when they're terrifying and you can't reason with them or stop them when they're just like 28 days later raid zombies in space does a villain book ever work have you ever read a villain book that you really liked um the couple thunderbolts trades i read worked but are they really are are they really yeah i guess they're really a villain book yeah i mean i guess they are the the version of thunderbolts that you read was it the um, the team with Venom and uh, a more recent team. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people. It liked... was like the right, the yeah. right after Civil War. They, they, and you know what? They were. That was there was the, a bunch of villains. The Dark Avengers. People seemed to like that team that was led by Osborn, Norman Osborn. Yeah, and I mean it was the same. The, those Dark Avengers. They were just repackaged Thunderbolts. That's yeah. all it was. It was that same team, but they just masqueraded as. You know, Wolverine and Spider-Man. Right. I feel like there have been good ideas for villain books that never really, never really pay off. And DC did Faces of Evil, I think last or maybe two years ago. Now it was right before the uh, New Fifty Two launched, and those issues weren't very good. Villain-centric issues, just not all of them work because not all of them are, are sympathetic or even supposed to be sympathetic. Like I don't want to read. A Joker-centric issue. Have you ever read Joker, the graphic novel? The Brian Azzarello thing? Yeah. I thought it was good. It was more... I read it. Yeah, I don't remember it, though. It was very real-world But it's kind of like... It's, it's kinda, like an Elseworlds kind of deal. It's like Marvel's, where it's not about... It's not a Joker story. It's about one of Joker's henchmen. Yeah. And he's the point-of-view character. So that's who it's about. It's like Marvels isn't about the Marvel heroes. It's about the reporter that's well, it's reporting about, on. It's a. It's, it's not, about the Marvel. It's universe. not told from that point of view, but it certainly is about the Joker and the things that he's doing. Yeah, but if it's a, it works because it's not 
it's this guy's the point of view character. If you're telling a Joker story from the Joker's point of view, he's not going to work. Just like I don't think Red Lantern should work that way, and I don't think Venom should work that way. A lot of the Killing Joke actually is a Joker story. It's a lot of his origin and everything, but but it's, it's told still... through Batman and Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, but it's still just a joke. like every Joker story. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the he's the bad guy. He's a supporting character to Batman. So yeah, Superman, Wonder Woman. I don't think they need. Whoa! Their own. I, don't think, I don't think they need their own book. Whoa! <laughs> that I was com- where we I started. Is that where we started? I completely forget. That is where we started. Let's get back to that. Um, are you excited at all about Superman, Wonder Woman? I'm. I'm not. I'm kind of curious. Like I like when there's, I like when there's romance. When there's some relationship hard hardship in my books like i like when hal jordan keeps screwing stuff up with carol and amidst all the shit he has going on there's still quiet moments with him and her and yet you hated little depressed boy i don't yeah i I did because everything you just said i like was in little depressed boy no yeah but it's from a different it's it's handled differently like if, if little depressed boy was hal jordan and he had a fucking nutsack Maybe I'd have liked it, but he was so fucking sad. Dude, he he is a sack. What more do you want? I want testicles in that sack. Oh, is what okay. I want. You he was just, just like he a, was just too much of a pussy. Sack. He, he was too much of a pussy. Testicles. Paul does not like an empty sack. I don't. Needs... I need balls in my sack. Yeah, I bet you do. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in Superman, Wonder Woman, because I think that the the new Fifty Two version of Superman, if you're trying to update it, make it more believable. He's going to date Wonder Woman. That's who he's going to be into. I don't think they've defined him enough in, in the New 52 yet. I feel like pre-New 52 Superman, you knew who that guy was. He was he was the same character every time you saw him. But since the Superman books, since Action Comics and Superman have sucked so much cock since the New 52's release, it's like, okay, we know he's younger, he's a little more brash, but Grant Morrison writes him differently than Scott Lobdell does. And it's different than what Scott Snyder's doing. Is there... Well, I don't, I don't read any of that, so I'm just putting my own emphasis. I, I take only the Jeff Johns Justice League Superman. So that's yeah, all I'm going di- and with. And he's different than Jeff Johns Superman. Although I will say that when Superman showed up in the Justice League comic book, that was a pretty badass introduction. Yeah. I liked it, yeah. And I loved how Batman was like, Fuck this guy. I don't I don't trust him at all. I like it too, but even in even in those first couple Justice League issues, just like the first couple Grant Morrison action issues, he was like a young brash guy. Like he shows up, he's kind of got a smirk on his face. But Is I feel he much like, different in the Superman books now than than then? Much different? He was he was different enough that I, it was one of the factors in me not getting those books anymore. And now it's almost like it's almost like they're he's kind of like the old 52 Superman, but like he's not that brash, arrogant guy anymore. And it's like he's were, not it's, Peter Parker. It's like they were pushing it and then they were like, "Ah, let's pull it back, let's pull it back." And he's had it's been this like it's been, he's been a mess. I agree. Is there one uh editor that just handles the Superman books? Yeah. You would Who, think so. I don't know. Mike Carlin? He should be fired. Superman books are a mess. They're they really are. Joke. They really are. They're terrible. 
And I am I can sometimes be a Superman apologist, and I don't get any Superman books. You get Superman you get Unchained. Unchained. Fair, <laughs> but that's new, and that's only two issues in. Yeah. Okay. So, I just given the talent on that book, I feel like it'll be okay. You right. know, it just has to kind of figure out where it's going. But why couldn't they put Snyder and Jim Lee on action or on super? Because you know, those are probably Superman. already selling. You know, you this think? just yeah. kind of increases their... So, and looking at the other half of Superman Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman is a schizophrenic character in the New 52 as well because Brian Azzarello on the Wonder Woman book is clearly doing whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> and then there's Wonder Woman in Justice League who is who should be the the DC Wonder Woman. But I mean, the two don't meet. The two don't match up They're completely. Wonder unrelated. Woman. Wonder yeah. Woman's solo title started off with such promise. It was such mm-hmm. a good read. Mm-hmm. It had like horror vibe to it, and brought in all the um, mythical elements, and and all it all made sense for me at least for the first time. You would have Initially. no clue she's that 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 book takes place in the DC universe. Now, uh, I quit reading Wonder Woman probably about nine issues in somewhere in there um i was probably with it and understanding about five and then four more i was like i don't really know what's happening anymore like i kind of don't remember the last issue and that would just build on itself and eventually that's how you drop books but um i'm not even clear when does it take place in the timeline i mean justice league when it first started was supposed to kind of be like Five years after Superman showed up, and Superman was like the first to show up, right? So, Justice League is five years later. When when did the Wonder Woman ongoing take place? I, I always take I always think of it as like it's happening now. I know they're going to different places, but you can't even make that argument because that's what happens in every other fucking comic book on Earth. True, but I feel like DC was trying to make an effort to kind of. Being that this was the do-over, the start-over for the whole universe, it was a chance to kind of, like, get kind of the continuity tightened up a bit, kind of yeah. tighten up DC the universe. really fucked itself that, well, with that's... putting that five-year bumper on everything and well, making everything happen within these five years and then and into the future. And that just feeds into the problem with Wonder Woman. It doesn't tie into anything. Is it set before... Where is it set? I don't know. No, they never really say. No idea. So you just but assume that I'm it's in the present day. See, I, I assume that it happened before. But there's no, there's no origin story. There's no origin in it. When you first meet her, she has. She's the already outfit. Wonder Woman. She's yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Here's well, they do go back do and they tell even, a little bit of origin in the Zero issue. Do they a even bit. call her Wonder Woman? Um, gee, I don't know. I mean, not enough yeah, that yeah, we they could. Do. They do. Okay. Okay. I'm st- I'm still getting it. I'm still enjoying it. But I. It's it's like its own. It's like one of those Earth One trades. It's its own thing. I'm getting it. I'm not enjoying it. Like so. I've, I've been I, getting um, it since the beginning. I've been getting it since the beginning. I I bought it I, last week. I got it. I think it came out last week. I really I like it yet. I really like last week's issue. But even even a weird like horror book like I Vampire when it came out, there were a couple lines in there that referenced. Superman, or we're gonna have trouble from a Green Lantern if this happens, and they let you know 
They mention Gotham. You yeah. know where they're at. It takes yeah. place in the DCU. They have the new gods in you get Wonder Woman. But the new gods aren't anywhere else. They're not? They're in Earth. They're in the Earth 2 books. Even even the uh, All-Star Western was pretty cool how they tied that into the DC universe. Was it supposed it. to take place in Gotham City and the old Wild mm-hmm. West? Yeah. In 22 in issues of Wonder Woman. They haven't mentioned one other hero they haven't mentioned he, another city. Even Voodoo had a Green Lantern in like the third. Does issue. anybody know how Wonder Woman is selling? I um, I I don't know. I have no idea. Because it got a lot of praise in the first year that it was out. After that, I haven't really read anything yeah. negative or positive about it. I think it's a case of Brian Azzarello is a high enough profile writer where DC is like, well, maybe you ought to do this, and he goes, no. And they're like, okay, that's fine. That's okay. We, we, we didn't mean don't for worry you about to... Don't, don't hurt yourself. It's okay. Is he really that high profile? He's pretty high profile. I think he's he's high I profile mean, enough that DC doesn't want to rock the boat. I guess. Would you say he's not, though? Uh, no, I, I guess maybe he is. Would I mean, you say Brian Azzarello is a B-list, B-list writer? writer? <laughs> no, probably not. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. He, I don't think he's done that much in the mainstream superhero world. I mean, he's he's more of like a Vertigo guy, and I feel like outside of like Neil Gaiman, all those Vertigo guys are kind of not really what I consider elite. Like, no. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like Garth Ennis. Brian K. Vaughn came from Vertigo. Scott Snyder was a Vertigo guy that transitioned. I mean, I think that there are a lot of cases that can be made for the writers that are I suppose, but before he did his Wonder Woman stint, he did, what, 12 issues of Superman, and was that, that it? Uh, he also wrote Batman before that. He, the oh, arc yeah, after that's Hush, right, Broken City. He, he I wrote, forgot about that. Which sucks. Holy fuck, did I hate that story. Uh, and then he did 100 it. Bullets, which is And then is I think Morrison jumped piece. on Batman after... No, yeah, it was it was, after, it was a while after that because it was Dini did it, it was Hush, Broken City, and then it was all that shit with Black Dini did Mask. the Detective, Detective Comics right. stuff. Those were awesome. It was Paul that Dini. was the one year later stuff with the black and white covers done by Simon Bacelli, uh, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Simone Bianchi. Simone Bianchi. Mm-hmm. There we go. There we have them, folks, for pronunciations. <laughs> it's the only just, reason I'm here. Just say McGinty. So I. I think I'm gonna wind up getting Superman Wonder Woman after all just this. Out of, after all this, just out of curiosity to see if maybe a third party can better define. Because right now you get Azarella's Wonder Woman or Jeff Johns Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and I want to see which side of the line Charles Soule falls on, and, and if maybe it pulls everything together a little bit. I think the uh, the Azarella stuff almost should be like I know they don't do it, but it feels more like an Elseworlds kind of thing. You know, like again, I, maxi they say, series. They say that they don't do it, but series. they do it. You know, like the Earth Two stuff is yeah, right. almost like a, or else worlds yeah. kind of. They really thing. should just fucking bring that back. And, and I don't know why they put so many rules in place whenever they did the new Fifty Two. I think it because would help. now they just have to break them all. Yeah, it would help. DC is really good organized. at shooting themselves in the foot. They're really good at fucking themselves. You know, something that, that DC did a few years back, which I applauded them for, was drawing the line at two ninety nine, and, and that's, that's mostly help. Um, not anymore, um, because as they continue to cancel books, 
and then come out with new books to fill those gaps because for some reason, again, these are self-imposed restrictions. They must have 52 issues at any given time. If that's a good point. So, that's such a silly so, number. I like the number, but it's a silly rule to put it It place. really is. So they they... But it's kind of cool in a way that, you know, the stuff that isn't that good or isn't selling well, they get rid of it and they try something new. Try something new, which I can appreciate that. But the problem I that I have is that whenever they do try that new thing, three ninety nine, they're not launching any fucking new books at two ninety nine. So before you know it... He-Man is two ninety nine, But it doesn't count in that weird 52 number. That's weird. Th- does um, Superman Unchained was the second issue... An elevated price like three ninety nine or was it two ninety nine? That's going to be three ninety nine for the duration. Be, if, okay. if it is a very popular character, Batman or Superman, and it's new, it's going to be. I'm not really all the Green Lanterns are still two ninety nine. They even they even bumped Detective, which started at two ninety nine. They bumped that they fucking bet. thing up to three ninety nine. Yay! And uh, they're well, doing they, it one little p- piece at a time, and before you know, it, it's going to be like Marvel. But here's the difference. As much as I hate Marvel for making their books three ninety nine, they do give you a digital copy for free. That's true. On all their three ninety nine books, you get a free digital copy. The only way to get a free digital copy with DC is you have to order the digital copy version, which is automatically one dollar higher. And the only ones they offer that on are the ones that are already three ninety nine. Meaning, if you so want, you're paying four ninety nine. Yeah. Well, DC also probably a part of where some of this money has to be allocated to is they're doing stuff like gatefold covers and they're like oh well, we're not passing along that that money to the fans we're just going to take the hit well right now but then in two months you're going to pass that hit along to us and there aren't they doing something wacky with um the villain stuff like the villains united books yeah where they're doing something with the covers that they're going to take another hit or something i don't uh, think they're doing any of that now are they releasing more? They did it with those. They did it with um, the Batman Joker run that Snyder and Snyder and Capullo did. They had those die cut covers, covers, and they yeah. they ate that cost. Yeah, they ate it for them, but then they eventually, we all feel it with you know these three ninety nine books increasing and, the prices in yeah. general. Maybe. Um, I mean, I just I mean I don't want to go off completely on a tangent here, but I do feel like there's some risk involved for the industry by making the barrier of entry $4 for a 20-page comic book. I, I feel like that's Because too not high. too far down the road, I mean, you're going to be paying four ninety nine for one book. Yeah. Um, and, and I also think that you should, if you buy it in print, the right thing to do is give me a fucking code to get it digitally. I, I just feel like those should go hand in hand. Yeah, I agree. Where where Marvel lagged behind a little bit at the beginning with um, same day downloads. Now yeah. I think pretty much they're they're on board with it. Yeah. They really captured the market with providing the digital code in the back of their. I, I think that was a good move to yeah. kind of make up for. Oh, well, we're not going to release it same day for yeah. a couple of. It might have been only a couple of months, but still, it stuck out. Right. They me. each do. They each have their kind of like pros and cons, or really kind of like pluses and minuses really um like marvel will give you that free copy if you pay 3.99 the free digital copy if you pay 3.99 for a print book um what dc will do though is if you wait 30 days after 
publication on a DC book, um, it will drop one dollar. So you'll pay a dollar ninety nine for a book if it's thirty days old, which I think is cool. Marvel, on the other hand, if you go on like Comicsology and you want like Captain America number one, what are they up to now? Number nine, it's still three ninety nine. Yeah, I, I really like that. Are you reading I, Batman 66? Is that what I just saw on there? Oh, yeah, Don't yeah. ruin what you've been reading. Is this your first podcast? You know that's different, and we may Super. not get to what you've been reading. Something. I don't think it is different, and I'm, I am getting Batman 66, and I have a whole big thing that I'd like to talk about, so we'll save that <laughs> for a later date. All this right, is, then. This is a big thing he'd like to talk about. <laughs> I would just I just want to talk about Batman 66. I think it's pretty fucking awesome. I was telling you on Saturday night yep. about how awesome it is. It is really cool. It sounded um, cool. I'm, I'm actually excited to see the, uh, the digital version here. Well, right now. Well, but we yes. are talking about that's, how DC drops the prices for their books. In the pod, I know, I'm go, sorry. In the podcast go. biz, that's what we call a tease. A tease, Paul. I know it's your first one. Yeah. <laughs> But because DC does the uh, lowering of the prices after after it's been out for a month, I've gone back and bought books that I didn't think that I'd ever buy. I bought some iVampire that Paul is a really big fan of. Um, I, I went back and, and purchased, uh, I think, let me see, some detective stuff that I didn't think I was going to get into. Um, I want to go back and I want to fucking get the run of Justice League Dark. I've been wanting to do that now for about, like, nine months. I fucking love Michael Jan's artwork. His shit, he may be... I don't want to say he's my favorite interior artist right now, but he, I fucking love his shit. All of his faces look so fucking good. Everyone is so unique. You can shave all the hair off of any character's head, and you will. they're still clearly defined as who those characters are. He does Dylan. some of the... Creepiest, yeah, Steve. Tell him. you can't. Yeah, they're all, the, they're all the on. same. Even Come that's why he's, he's a great artist, but they all look the same. I, what did he draw? Like an issue of the Hulk, and even the Hulk looked like everybody else. Yeah. They all look like oh, same. It's true. Michael like, Jan and stuff, man. This shit Holy right here. This fuck. I love his hurricane of teeth, and it's, that's creepy as hell. What's that from? Justice League Dark. What issue number? Number one. Okay, I read that um, when it came out. Um, as a matter of fact, I got, for the first two months of the new 52, all 52 issues. Did you really? And I wanted to try everything. And I was—I vowed that I would read everything. I didn't read everything, but I read damn near everything for the first two months. And um, that's what helped me kind of determine like what I was going to read. Like shit like that I didn't think I would be into, like All-Star Western. And I still get that. That Justice League Dark book is is one of my favorite books. It's consistently good every week. I th- think it helps that Jeff Lemire has been on it for a long time as the writer. Yeah. Michael Jannon is he's on pretty much every issue. He's he's not late. It's been on a, a really consistent run. I think if this Guillermo del Toro um, Dark Justice movie ever gets made based on this book, I'm going to be disappointed because it's not going to be this team. And it's, I'm sure it's going to have a different tone than what Jeff Lemire has set up for it. Look at that fucking artwork. Ah. Yeah. He, he's put a wiener in it. Okay. Especially Madame Xanadu. Mm. I, I'll be able to go out on a limb and say mm. he is one of my favorite interior artists. And he's pretty timely about his work, too. Um, not, a lot of, not a ton of fill-ins. Not a lot of missed time. Always a high amount of quality to his work. Yeah, it never Good looks shit. bad. It never looks rushed. 
That's really saying something, too. Uh, not a lot of fill-ins, because DC, since the new 52, has become like Hasn't incredibly DC... strict with their with their release schedule. I mean, if these books come out every 30 days, they don't miss. And if it's like... If these artists or writers can't keep up, they get fill-ins. Now, what do you guys feel about fill-ins versus lateness? I think we might have talked about this before, but let's go. Hey, you know what? We're 19 episodes in, so I think we can like rehash some of this shit. <laughs> yeah, some of the listeners of course, might this not is be Paul's first. familiar. It's true. Are you really going to do that? It's clearly Ian's first podcast. Why would it be my first one? We're, oh, well, we're gonna shoot our load in the first ten minutes. We were boring the shit out of ourselves. Matt fell asleep. And where are we at now? We're on a, we're on a good roll, and we got a tease for because hour, I, for hour number I two. I know because I changed the dynamic. I brought it up, and you guys were like, "No!" And then we were able to move on from there. So you can thank me. It was you can thank me later. You don't have to thank me now. It was strategic on Ian's part to offer a tease and not actually talk about Superman, Batman, then. There you are talking like a podcast veteran. Great anyway, work, what man. are we? What are we doing? Great here? work tonight. Yeah. What the hell are we talking about? We were gonna, I don't know. I derailed would... us <laughs> with my ego. I I think I would rather wait for the good artist because a lot of the time the fill-in artist that they get looks nothing like the main artist. Yeah. It's distracting whenever they're yeah. shit or even if they're similar but just not as good like uh Tony Atkins and um Cliff, Cliff Chang. Chang. Very real, similar on no, Wonder those, Woman. Those were I I like that villain. I don't know. I don't like I don't like his stuff. It it jumps out to me and I'm like, "Uh, generic Cliff Chang." I was introduced this week to the artwork of Paco Medina. What's Paco? Oh, it Nova. sounds like a delicious Nova number 6. And I, I was getting ready to read it, and I saw that uh, Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis are no longer on it, and I was pissed. You didn't I was know like, that what's was coming? Fuck. I no. Thought, I thought we talked about that. Total surprise when I picked it up. If we talked about it, I forgot about it. How many... Um... But then I opened it, and his work is beautiful. It's very similar to Ed McGinnis. It is. And it doesn't miss a beat. Really good so stuff. So the writing really was, cool stuff. was really consistent. Because right, I read writing it was also consistent. The story takes a jump. I guess a lot of stuff happens between issues. Oh. But they ca- they catch you up. Okay. They catch you up pretty good. But the art, the art didn't miss a beat. Um, How many issues into Nova are we? Six. Six. Now I'm. I, I have sort of mixed feelings on fill-in artists and writers. Um, I think that if if the gap is going to be six months or even two months. You know what? Just give me a fill-in. Um, I'll take a fill-in writer. I'll take a fill-in artist. I'll take a fill-in story. It doesn't even have to be part of the overall like main story. You can just give me kind of like this one-off thing to kind of, kind of, if I'm really into to the tie comic, you over to tie me over. I think that's where you can get you can get away with it if the story's different, if it's like a flashback or if it takes you down a path with the yeah. character and, and tells some some kind of origin right. or something. When that's it, okay. Right. When it's trying to tell the same story, but usually it doesn't happen with the writer. It's more the artist. Um, if it's a completely different artist, with a, and when I say completely different, completely different style, obviously it's a completely different human being. But... <laughs> If, um, if they just took like parts of the old artist, Frankenstein, <laughs> an artist. If it was like Jay Scott McFarlane, 
who would be badass. That would be pretty cool. That would be awesome artist. And he would never do anything with covers. <laughs> so, it would be a combination of like they would say that he was going to do the covers, cover and, and arrogance. <laughs> What a horrible monster we've created. <laughs> um, but I, I like a... Uh, if the art can be consistent, like, stylistically, like in the case of Nova, going from McGinnis to... Medina? Uh, Medina. Medina. Um, then I'm completely all for it. You know, just keep it going. Yeah. I'm, with, I'm with you on the... If it's like a Batman or a Superman or something that's clearly going to be an ongoing, if the main guy's late, give me just different story, give me a one-off, different artist. Yeah. But if it's something like Saga, that clearly yeah, has, yeah, a, yeah. it's clearly going to have a beginning and an end. Wait. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I was thinking more kind of like those, like core characters, I guess. Yeah. Because Saga's not core enough for. Do you read Saga? Handsome Matt, Matt the I got, I got Matt, the, Oh, yeah. Which is now... He's no longer a little depressed You did Matt. not... He's, in, thanks, yes. Tiff. Handsome He's Matt. handsome Matt. We didn't uh, introduce me that way tonight. We're what not going to either. No. This is the last time we're going to mention <laughs> it, actually. Fine. Until we get some dickhead Twitter question about how handsome... How handsome... On a scale of 1 to 10, how handsome is Matt? Mm-hmm. An 11... Hey, just just ask around. Six. Handsomeness? Seven? Seven. A solid seven. I think the pizza's here. I think so, too, but we... Is it? I hear... Wait, there's I, doors. I, let's, let's be quiet and see if the, this is a good radio. It could be... It could be people leaving uh, Drum Lava Studios. Nope. Who, it's the pizza. Who knocks on the door? Don't they, don't they know we have a doorbell? That's the pizza break, folks. When we get back, big movie news out of Comic Con International. What could it be? Yes, Matt, go get the pizza. listeners we're back for hour two of episode 19 talking some comic-con movies maybe we'll get around to superman batman this hour i know maybe everyone's excited but first marvel announced the name of avengers number two i don't know what you're mouthing at me with those Beautiful, smooth, terrific lips. Thank you. <laughs> he said, beware the Batman. Are they handsome? They are handsome. We just watched Beware the Batman, and he has really delicious 
kissable lips. But only when he's wearing the cowl. <laughs> he puts on lipstick. It's part of the new costume. Pizza count. Oh, oh. I had two and a breadstick. Two and one breadstick. One and three breadsticks. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. You gonna be okay? No. So, Marvel's The Avengers sequel will be Avengers Age of Ultron. And this is pretty misleading for a lot of people because a comic book crossover, or just a mini-series... Maxi series? It's it's, it's a mini issues. series. Yeah. Uh, I, it's in a maxi 12 series. issue of maxi series. Okay, maxi series. It, it even started in uh, Avengers. The seeds of that were uh, in the second trade of the new Avengers stuff that's happening right now. Hmm. So. Yeah, it's kind of misleading because every, you hear the name and everyone thinks, oh, it's going to be based on this current, this current comic book run that's going on right now. But what, what I read today was Joss Whedon saying that it's not based on this at all. It just happens to involve the robot character Ultron. Why would you name it Age of Ultron while that series is still on stands? Kind of. I mean, it, it is. It's crazy that it they would do like that. It seems like something DC would do. Well, Marvel's really lazy with its names, so this falls right in line with that <laughs> fucking company and what they do. Well, they they are doing a Winter Soldier uh, story based on the Winter Soldier Captain America story, and I believe it is literally that story, so... That's okay. That was a couple years ago. This seems like it's something that's happening right now, and it seems too new, I think. Right. My point, though, is that clearly they're not uh, opposed to... You know, putting current Marvel stories on the silver screen. Well, they're not because they're doing Days of Future Past too. So, that how current is that? Well, I'm saying that that's super old. It is super old, but they're still not opposed to doing old stuff either. Ian <laughs> <laughs> realized halfway through what he was saying. He had no point. Well, the problem the problem with Age of Ultron. I Ultra have a point. <laughs> it was just totally wrong. <laughs> no, so my point is, they're if, you know, obviously they'll do. Uh, stuff based on current comics, um, but naming it after a current comic, but having it not be that is really confusing. I mean, aren't there other Ultron stories? Like, what was the Kurt Busiek Ultron story that ran in Avengers? I have no idea. It was too long ago for me. I didn't. I wasn't a fan back in the '90s when him and uh, George Perez were on it. Well, they're gonna have to work this without Hank Pym. Why? You're going to cram Hank Pym into this movie, along with like his backstory, who he is, all of the Ultron history, plus have that work with um, the Ant-Man movie coming out. And you're, you're, also, and you're saying that, the direct quote, there is no Hank Pym. So that seems like they're really just making shit up as they go. Why would you not have the inventor of Ultron be a part of this movie, it seems misguided. I feel like we might be seeing a different title for this before it's said and done. I read really? on... I, I, th I think it was news, the Newsarama article for that today. <laughs> I read where um, they posited that they weren't going to have Hank Pym because they don't want someone else's genius to eclipse Tony Stark. 
because he's supposed to be the brain of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I thought that was Dr. Reed Richards. Who is well, a doctor, he's not, he's way, not right? in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, Doctor Strange will also be, and he's a doctor as well. Even though he's a different kind Reed of Richards, doctor. I believe, has two PhDs. He would be, I would, I would think, smarter than Tony Stark. But what, would about, what about Bruce Mr. Banner? Fantastic. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner's pretty smart, too. I, think, I thought Mr. Fantastic was the number one brain in the Marvel U. I don't know if Him there's. Doctor Doom. I don't know if there's, there's uh, like, yeah, one any a, definitive one ranking. I mean, Tony's up there, but you know, Hank Pym has dabbled in a lot of shit. Did the Giant Man stuff, shrinks himself down, creates the Ultron AI, Yellow Jacket, which I'm not even sure what whatever that Yellow is. Yellow Jacket stuff. He's he's had so many different aliases. Beats his wife. Mm-hmm. You can't have that. Maybe that that's was why. The ultimate, maybe right? that's why. Well, no, that's in the regular, in the regular stuff. Okay. But they, it was, it was just light. Ah. He did some real Chris Brown style wife beating <laughs> in the <laughs> Ultimates. Really? Yeah, yeah. He he did all kind. He um, he he beat Jan up real bad, and she shrunk herself down to get away. Right. And then he sick. Um, a bunch of insects on her, and they bit her all the fuck oh, up. Okay. So he was, and he was then, a gangster. And then he hit her up with bug spray. That's oh, right. yeah, that's right. And then Captain America showed up and beat the shit out of him. Lark Millar, but... Well, uh, yeah! <laughs> I was gonna say, what a unredeemable fuck. I wonder who wrote that. Why didn't Captain America show up and beat the shit out of Chris Brown? I know, seriously. Because Chris Evans probably would have went to jail. Do <laughs> you think Chris Evans could take Chris Brown? In yes, a fight? absolutely. I would, uh, yeah, yeah. I would, think I would so. pay to watch that fight. I would pay five bucks pay per view. Who would win in a fight, Chris Brown or Chris Evans? Well, do we know enough about their about their training habits? Maybe Chris Brown has taken like karate since he was a kid. Well, he he trains by Chris, being and a you know what he and is. Chris Evans may just be pretty. He has been a dancer for his whole life, so at least that speaks to some flexibility. Maybe he maybe he's wiry strong. I saw Chris Evans punch a punching bag like off of its <laughs> off of its chain and it burst open. I saw him catch on fire and fly around. That's true. He's pretty tough. Maybe he could beat up Chris Brown. Maybe. But do you think that the Age of Ultron they're gonna remove this title and and possibly change. I think that they would be well suited to do that. It's far enough out, you know. I'm sure they don't have like the fucking packaging already created. So maybe they have a maybe they have some big grand plan that they haven't released yet. But what happens to Thanos at the end of Avengers? I would imagine that they're gonna wait that thing out and do it in you know eight years. I guess at this point, which seems stupid. I thought that he was gonna be in Guardians. He's not. They're fighting. What are they fighting, Paul? What the collector. Stupid space bullshit. What Some is weird, the collector? I don't even know what the collector is. Abnett and Landing didn't use him in their run. No. I don't even know what that is. That's going. That's like deep cuts. No. Maybe the, maybe um, Marvel's waiting until they get the rights back for like Spider Man and. The Fantastic Four and all that shit to do the, to Infinity, do the Gauntlet. Infinity Gauntlet the right yeah, way. Yeah, that would be badass. Is there a date? You imagine. Is there a date so on awesome. when they could get that stuff back? Well, every time that they make a movie or put something in production, doesn't that 
secure the rights for a longer period of time. I've never, I haven't read the legal documentation yeah, I, for I this one. But, um, I think for this character... one, like you've done it before. <laughs> I think every character is different. I mean, yeah. because I think Fox sat on Daredevil for so long and then Since Marvel got the 2003? Is that right? It was Somewhere something. around there? It's a long yeah. time ago. That's a, that is a long time for those for them to hold on to those rights. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't think Sony's letting Spider-Man go anytime soon. We're probably going to see a Spider-Man movie every year just so I, they can keep those rights. Yeah. I think that's why they relaunched it so quickly. Even though you get guys like Hugh Jackman coming out and saying, I would love to be involved in that and getting everyone together. Hugh Jackman is like... I think I've made it clear that I don't think he's necessarily the right guy for Wolverine just because... But he's the right guy for you. What? You want to have sex with him? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You want to touch tips? Yeah. Yeah. Sword fight. Uh Uh-huh. He'd be really tall in comparison. You're like the correct Wolverine height. He's like 6'2". So it would be touching tips to apparently, lips. Apparently during Comic-Con, he walked, he walked the floor in full full Wolverine get-up. And a bunch of, uh, uh, no, one, no one recognized him. He had one guy say, costume's all right. Oh, what a dick. And he had, <laughs> and he had someone else say, oh, a little too tall. That's wow. funny. Yeah. That's really funny. <clears throat> um, but, but Hugh Jackman's passion for that his, character. Yeah, his enthusiasm makes... If you know how enthusiastic he is, it just makes you love him and it makes you happy that he's Wolverine. Yeah, his his desire and enjoyment of being Wolverine is only eclipsed by Tom Hiddleston's excitement for oh, being Loki. God damn! Did you see the Loki, <clears throat> the part when they were showing, uh, they're bringing out the trailer and he he did a little skit as Loki. I thought that yeah. was really really fucking good. It was it was it was really cool. Uh, you didn't see that? No, but I, I gotta tell you that I think that the new Wolverine movie, at first I saw the trailers and I was like, nah, I don't know. But I've seen some clips here and there now, and I saw some shit, the Silver Samurai's in it, mm-hmm. and he looks really cool. Is the Silver Samurai a robot, or is that a guy in a suit? It's a, It was a guy in the suit. I don't know what it is in this In the movie, he's, he's like huge so i yeah, don't know this thing look like some kind of robot yeah silver samurai in the books is just a dude i think he's some kind of mutant i think that's what he is but anyway it you know what i wish really for this good. one doesn't that come out this weekend it yes. is the 26th yeah. yeah um i wish that they would have if there were if we're gonna do some older wolverine stuff put him in like the brown classic suit i think that would have been kind of cool yeah but this isn't this that. isn't a flashback this isn't a prequel or it's anything. not this that's isn't a, this is this takes place after x-men 3 does it like, really this is, oh i didn't know that this is supposed to be far enough in the future that the x-men are gone i didn't like, know professor that professor x is dead at this point gene gray's like ghost comes back to haunt him yeah this is oh i didn't know that that's different because at, at this point he's like part of the story is he's tired of living and he goes to Japan because there's some guy there that says he can he can kill him. Yeah. Like, he can get over the whole you're immortal thing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, one of the things that always irked me about X-Men 3 was how unceremoniously they got rid of Cyclops. Um, mm, indeed. Now, with the, the new X-Men movie coming that. out, I think I hated summer, that, too. Why are you acting like I liked it? I thought you guys were fighting me on that at some point. No, it was the why he was killed. We've done is... so many podcasts. Exactly. 
19 whole podcasts. 19. That's two hours. How many hours of podcasting is that? Went to art school. 19 times two is Ian. Oh, I went to art school too. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. But you went to Catholic art school. That's so right. So that makes you so, better okay, at So, okay, so if it's... If it's and shadow Let's say it's thing. 20 podcasts. Like two hours a piece. Oh. It's 40 hours of podcasting, but you got to take one away. So we're looking at 38 hours of podcasting. Well, so far, 37. What about that one Star Wars episode? Okay, 38. Okay. <laughs> and we'll be at 39 by the time tonight is over. Also, I, I, I think it was announced this week, they're doing Wolverine Origins 2. I, I didn't hear that. I, didn't hear that I thought that the Wolverine Wait, was a Wolverine. I just, I, just saw, I just saw the title and wasn't really interested, so I didn't look into it anymore. It, but uh, to finish up kind of my point from before, I don't know if it's a point, but um, with Cyclops being kind of gotten rid of the way that he was, and it was because he had the commitment to the Superman movie, or so some of us think. That's what we thought about, the um, commitment. Or Halle Berry's bitchiness that got are they, him fired. Are they... Is there any rumor that he's coming back for the Days of Future Past, or is he, he's, he's out, not. he's done? They had the whole fucking cast at Comic-Con all on the stage together, and, like, just the amount of fucking people yeah. in that movie is really impressive. Yeah. And then well, they're all fired up, you know, they're all passionate about doing it, too. And the, I heard a rumor that uh, the dude that plays Nightcrawler, Alan, Alan Cumming, Cumming uh, is not going to be in it. And the rumor is that he doesn't get along with Halle Berry. I guess he was all set to do it until they announced she was coming on board uh, to reprise her role as Storm. That'll do it. Don't fight with Halle Berry. You'll get fucking fired. So yeah, there's a picture of um, everyone on on stage, and you know it's <clears throat> Anna Paquin, Michael Fassbender, Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, Jennifer Lawrence. Didn't Anna Paquin's character Rogue turn into a human at the end of X three? See, that was some of the other points that they were going to make. Because Professor X died, but he's clearly in this movie. So, what happened to the, the events of X3? Are they going to correct some of that stuff? I, I don't know. They should know. kind of pretend X3 never happened. It seems that was like, pretty terrible. It seems like the, that's what they might be trying to do with it. Um, you know, erase the sins. Who's of that director? Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner. What the hell? He did Rush Hour. I Rush think? Hour. Yeah. Man, who who saw Rush Hour and was like, this guy would be perfect for the X Men. The producer. I really like Rush of, Hour. Yeah, but come on, like, how how did that guy get X Men? He was actually in the running to do um, <clears throat> Superman Returns, and kind of they kind of flip flopped him and Brian Singer flip flopped. Positions. I wonder how that would have turned out. Uh, well, we would have at least maybe gotten a good X Men movie out of it. I don't know what the Superman movie would have been like. Because X Men maybe two, it would have Chris Tucker in it. Who up knows? until that point, X Men Two was one of the best comic book movies ever. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. I still I agree think that it's really still good. Is. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. That's the only reason I'm I've saying been pretty it lukewarm going into uh, to, to X Men movies. Like I would say, my excitement. Going oh, into Christ. an X Men movie was probably around five, but for this one, I'm, I'm pretty amped. I was amped going to see the first X Men movie. I was Me too. insanely excited. Yeah. I think the scope of this one, with so many actors and the time travel story mm-hmm. and Peter Dinklage, I think this is going to be 
really cool. They released the they had a bust of what the Sentinels yeah. will look like, but there's no word on if that's to scale or if they're gonna be huge. Right. If they're not fucking huge, I will be so fucking mad. I think and I'm so. not even yeah. an X Men guy. You could even go um, <clears throat> there. There's a link if you go to traskindustries.com. I think it is. There's a little like fake website. Oh, about... cool! Like viral marketing. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool, and it has like a shadowy head for the Sentinel head. The uh, the you had referenced in the first uh, X Men movie and how how amped you were. I, that movie had a really low budget. I don't know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, because maybe once you know and you watch it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can kind of see. I mean, like the budget from the first one to the second one is like such a huge leap but for what they did in the first X-Men movie for having kind of a shoestring budget was you know for a superhero big summer blockbuster movie was so impressive I think because it was one of the first with this new golden age of superhero movies X-Men was one of the first ones to really do it right do it first and do it right yeah and did you also know that uh, Hugh Jackman wasn't even originally cast as Wolverine I did know that they cast Harrison Ford Harrison, no, Danny DeVito. Um, no, they had, the, I think he was Scottish, um, the, the, a younger actor. He was the villain in the second Mission Impossible movie, and the reason why he couldn't perform as Wolverine because he, he got injured. injured on that piece of shit movie. Wow. Hmm. I have no idea who you're talking about. Looks like you're going to IMDB that shit. That's right, that's what we do here. So, uh... Anyway, th- this is originally we were talking about uh, the the second Avengers movie. Dubray Scott. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, uh, another bit of media. It's not movie related, but uh, we watched it before the podcast. Was the um, the trailer for season four of The Walking Dead? Um. And uh, we. We kept our thoughts to ourselves after we saw that trailer. We, we haven't discussed this at all. Um, and I'm kind of curious what you guys think. Uh, Paul, I'm, I'm going to start with you. What did you think of that trailer? I'm excited for the season of The Walking Dead if it's going to be like that trailer. Very interesting. Now, by like that trailer, what do you mean? What, what did you see that got you... Uh, fired up for it. This trailer looked more like an action show than it did standing around the farm talking for 12 episodes. It looked like there was going to be a lot more shit happening, a little quicker pace, more uh, plates in the air. It looked I like didn't see any juggling. Plates in the air. Hmm. If you looked in the background, there was juggling. I've never heard that. That's what that I've never heard saying. that either. Are you guys fucking kidding me? No. Neither like, of you have ever heard plates in the, plates air. In the air. No. no is this never. like a um? What is that? Skeet? Or is when when you shoot the skeet rubber shooting? Is it skeet shooting? When you shoot the clay pigeon? Well, that would be a pigeon then, not a plate. You, we'll call it a plate. Are you though. being? A douchebag on purpose, or do I really need to explain this to you? Yeah, explain plates in the air. I've never heard that uh, phrase before. I've never heard it either. You know the juggling guys that have the bunch of posts, and they have spinning plates? Yeah. I know. And they're running around each one, juggling spinning those? the plates to yeah. keep them up in the air? Yeah. That's the analogy for having a lot of things going on at one time. Oh. Uh, really? Okay. Really. 
I've never heard anybody I, use I that. I guess reference. I get it, but I've never I've never heard that before. <sighs> Nineteen podcasts and I'm out. This is this is it. This is the last podcast. This folks. is the retirement one. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I the last um yeah, it was season two of Walking Dead. Really. I think I think sucked really bad. Uh, season three. You thought re- season two sucked I really bad. I thought season two was so fucking boring. Um, I haven't liked any character characters development. on it. Uh, it was so slow. I like that. It was so drawn out. Ugh. Go do some shit. Go the third season shit. was was a lot better, but I still found myself wanting to like it more than I really did. Mm-hmm. And if this fourth season gets going, it's a new new showrunner, new producer running running the show this time. So so maybe it will be, but it looks like there's a lot more. A lot more excitement, a lot more going on. Hasn't this show had like three different showrunners now at this point? It's yeah, like two. the original no, one. Frank quit. Dar- he uh, quit in the middle of the second one, or was it at the in end between of the one front? and two? Yeah, yeah. And then they got a new guy, and now they're on their third. Yeah, it feels like this trailer is a direct reaction to that kind of fan venom that Paul has just exhibited. I didn't realize there we, was fan venom. I feel like people love the show. There's a faction of people that are like, more guns, more zombies, this episode sucks because we're not bashing people's heads in, and nothing's blown up. I've said it myself plenty of times in the last 19 episodes that I I would sit down and read a book that's all talking if it's, if it's written well. But you wouldn't watch a TV series that's mainly talking. I, I, I have more problems with The Walking <clears throat> Dead show that fed into the problem of just standing around talking. Chiefly being, none of the characters are likable except Shane, and they killed him. Shane was... Well, Rick, I think Rick's a likable character. Except he's a fuck. He's batshit crazy. Well, that's in line with the book. He's not that crazy in the book. He talked to the fucking telephone... That yeah. was unplugged for three graphic novels. Yeah. That's not but bad he, shit crazy. But while he's doing that, he keeps his shit together. He's composed. This season, he he's was, a fucking nut. He's seeing he was, fucking Lori. He was, he's screaming his brains he out. He's talking to her. He, he goes fucking nuts. He's, he's off the handle so much in the show that they don't know if Rick should be the leader anymore. But no one wavers in that in the book. I think he, they keeps his, they he keeps his shit book. together. They waver in the book. They waver he even he wavers, wavers in the book. book. He so, wavers yeah. in the book. And then they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, you're right. But in the show, he's just straight up lunatic. And they're like, We're, we, we can't handle this. So I feel like his, his craziness didn't really last that long on the show or is in the comic book. It was really drawn it. out. It was like a year of Rick being as crazy as he was in the show. And, no. and and he wasn't, he wasn't leading he wasn't anybody. He was it was just it was just him and Carl running around together and he was fucking nuts. And it was. It was for a long time. I don't remember that. Well maybe you should read the book. I thought in the show when he did answer the, the phone and and uh I think it was before Lori got on the phone, he was talking to just Shane. What? Shane. No no no, it was a female voice. Maybe it was Lori. I didn't think it was Lori. He talked to a bunch of different people yeah, before he talked to Lori. Like, the first voice that he spoke to, when they when they told him that there's a group and they, they really wouldn't reveal much, like, there was a really creepy vibe to that, I thought. Um, 
just the effect of the voice coming through the phone and, and kind of the um, uh, ambiguity of it just kind of left you a little bit uncomfortable. At least it did for me, and I don't know if that was intentional or what, mm-hmm. but that was like the creepiest fucking part of the show. I haven't had many problems with the show. I think it's <clears throat> I think it's a good show. I enjoy I enjoyed the second season. Um, the third season was was okay too. It was it was good. This looks like. They're answering people, com- complaining about not en- not enough zombies, not enough action, not enough things blowing up. That's fine. It looks exciting. It That's might fine. be trailer tricks too. I mean, we may get could be we may get more of what we've always gotten. Um, have we always gotten? It sounds like you don't even like the Walking Dead show. Um, it's no, it I I I like it. I'll I'll watch it. I'll definitely go back. But like I have the, I have such a hard time with it because I hate every fucking character. I like Rick. Thirty percent of the time, and you hate you hate Glenn. Yeah, what's wrong with Glenn? You hate Maggie. I don't. I don't hate them, but I'm not. I don't like them either. I like Daryl. I like. I liked Merle. Killed him. I like Shane. What did you like about Merle? Because Merle was Merle was exciting. Merle was interesting. Right, but he was not. He wasn't really likable though. But uh, Michael Rooker made him likable. So you like Michael Rooker, not Merle. I like Michael Rooker playing Merle. Merle, the character, was an interesting character. I thought he made the other characters around him more interesting. But all the characters I like, they keep taking out. I feel like a lot of the characters that are good in the comic books aren't that good in the show. And it almost has taken brand new characters that they created just for the show to make up for the fact that the that the real characters from the book are kind of not that good. Daryl and Merle are like the runaway stars of The Walking Dead. Those uh, are the and T-Dog. Rick and Glenn are great in the book. But in the show, I'm just so lukewarm on those guys. Yeah. I want Rick to be the the leader. I want him to really step up Really have his shit together. I know you. But mean. I think like, I know you he's mean. just so he's having such a hard time, and he never has that kind of a hard time in the books. Rick was at his best on the show when uh, I believe him and and Glenn go to that um, go into town, and they they happen to be in this like that little general store. Uh, I think it was more of like a, a tavern or mm, a bar, right, right. and and those rednecks show up. Mm-hmm. And they're making you real uncomfortable, and you're starting to get the sense, oh, fuck, these guys are fucked. Like, Glenn and, and Rick, you're like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this? And um, and that's when Rick just kind of goes, like, cold blood, fucking shoots both of those guys, like, in the blink of an eye. And you were like, holy shit, that's pretty intense. And, like, that's kind of the Rick from the comics, but I that's think he's Rick been the, the Rick from the comics for the more more of this show... Than you guys are giving him credit for. Sure, at the end of this past season, he really was losing his shit. But he had to fucking kill his best friend last season. His wife died. A lot of fucked up stuff was happening to him. He was breaking down like that in the comics at that same point, too. So maybe he can bounce back and recover. That's the Rick Grimes I know. My feeling on the show is that uh, it's got just... Each season has its ups and downs. Like, 
I loved the first two episodes of the first season, pretty much hated the last four. Um, I didn't even know if I wanted to watch the second season. I was so down on the show after the first season. Um, so are you going to berate Matt because he has negative feelings about the show? I'm going to ask him, why Why did you feel that way? I, I hated when they... Go ahead. I was just going to call you stupid. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I hated when they deviated so mightily from the comic book. You're going to hate this season because this is totally new made-up shit, it looks like. I'm getting to that. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry. I stepped on it. Boy, you're full of just spoilers tonight, aren't you? It's a tease. It's a tease. I'm a tease tonight. You are. You should be wearing lingerie tonight. You're such a tease. What do you mean? I'm wearing the Harlequin outfit from the new 52. Actually, no. Ian is sporting, like, the most badass Star Wars shirt I've ever seen. It's got battle droids all over it, and it has the Star Wars logo at the very bottom. Ian, Ian clearly stole this shirt. From a ten-year-old in 1997, and somehow, like, or it's mine that my mom bought for me before I went to see Phantom Menace. He used his like expanding ray gun on it to make it fit him. <laughs> so anyway, what are you saying? I don't have a ten-year-old's body. You got an ass like a ten-year-old boy. Oh, that's crossing someone. Thank you. True lies, anyone? Bill Paxton? No. 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 Stop with the obscure references. No Are one knows that. True Lies isn't obscure, but that reference is. No, it's not. It's the se- It's one of the best sequences in the movie when they're driving a... No. Schwarzenegger's Bridge driving... Bridge blowing up, Jamie Lee, Curtis strip scene. That's about it. Doesn't it's he, a good movie. I'm just saying. Doesn't he jump a, a horse off the top of a building? Oh, in, or is that in, uh, that's the last, that's action, last action hero. hero. But Which is a he, great movie. Doesn't he do something? He saves Elijah Dushku on a helicopter. Uh, on a, a, no, she's on a, she's in some kind of plane. And that was the only time she you was sure? Or it wasn't, and you're a fucking liar. It wasn't in a helicopter? I thought it was a helicopter. Uh, I think it's some kind of, it's some kind of weird He was in it like plane. Because she's yeah, in like yeah. a, a elongated cockpit. Hmm. She may have been in the helicopter at one point, though, but he rescued There was a helicopter, her in right? Uh, jet. Anyway, um, I want to talk Schwarzenegger there, movies. There, <laughs> there is a sequence in the movie when Schwarzenegger's on the horse and he's going to jump off the roof of a building, but the horse gets cold feet at the last second and puts the brakes on and then he flips mm-hmm. over and almost falls off. But anyway, the sequence in that movie is when. Schwarzenegger and Bill Paxton are driving along. He's like fake test driving the car. And Bill Paxton's telling him all about his wife, how he's got her, you know, how hot she is. And he's like, ah, it's like a 10-year-old boy. And then he like has this image where he punches him in the face. No? No, I don't remember that. You, maybe you've only seen the movie like half of the I, time. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I'm looking up... The quotes, the true anyway, lie quotes, it anyway, doesn't seem like... Walking Dead for me has been <laughs> a roller coaster of up and down uh, quality and garbage. It's, it's been incredibly boring, slow-paced, and like I said, I do not like when they deviate. Um, because when the first two episodes of the show, I felt were pretty faithful. It was like watching the comic book come to life. I enjoy that. I like seeing shit come to life on the screen that I'm like that I've read you know and they did that and then all of a sudden they started doing their own thing and I didn't like that and uh, it's been a lot of that 
throughout the course of the show. Um, I do struggle finding characters to like. Um, Matt's they, so right. They've taken... As right as he is handsome. Holy shit, that's really fucking right. Oh. <laughs> right, Tiffany? Keep going. So it's okay to interrupt <laughs> Matt as long as you're telling him he's right and handsome. I disagree with this. Um, okay, Andrea. Cool Ugly. character. Cool character in in the comics. She's awesome. But not the but not the not the same character at all in the show. Really cut the heart out of that character. I will say that. I'm not gonna go ugly with She's it. Ugly. She is maybe ugly. not as pretty oh, as I would cast her. I'll go. Um Lori was somewhat irredeemable Holy in the show. Fuck, Lori was, was kind of a raging bitch. She was she um, was a bitch in the we show. We can't we can get that. into all of this in our official Walking Dead podcast. Anyway, this is what we call uh, a tease. Anyway, I had a lot of problems with some of the characters, and uh, again, I think the show just got boring a lot of the time. So I can appreciate if they're going to go a little more action oriented. In but it's going to be totally new shit, not related to the yeah. Comics I didn't see at all. I didn't see. Anything I remember reading out of the fucking books, and I already have a problem with that. It's like, if I'm not recognizing a single thing, then then what is this show? Don't they've, call it The Walking Dead. They've killed enough people in the show that are still alive in the books that it's such a... It's such a departure now. I mean, they're just they're two still, totally different they're things. They're still in the prison. The whole sequence where the governor shows up and overruns them. But Kirkman's, drives, Kirkman's behind all this. Kirkman's behind but it because he's lining books, his though. pockets with millions and millions of dollars due to the success. I mean, like... Wow. I, Listen to that cynicism, everybody. It's true. I mean, his explanation for deviating from the I book... I thought you hated this shit. <laughs> Well, I, but I like some episodes. Actually, I like more than some episodes, but there's a lot that I don't like. It's I'm so, like, polarized on this I'm with Matt. Show. We don't agree very often, but I, I feel that that's a, a, that's a great way to describe the, the show. It's been very up and down. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. It has like its, it, it has its moments, it. just like any other show. <laughs> no, it's I not think you guys like are hypercritical show. about it. No, I do. Dexter's good every episode. I said some. Dexter is good every episode. There, there, there are other TV shows. You said shows. like any other show. Oh well, maybe Dexter isn't any other show. Oh, I don't know. Like I, I've, I haven't had this problem with a lot of shows that I watch. True Blood, Arrow, Supernatural. Like I'm, okay. I'm in the entire way. Parks and, and Rec. And I think a lot of a lot of that has to do with the likability of the characters. And Big I think Bang, if yeah. I like these characters, maybe like maybe if I didn't want. Rick to punch Lori's head clean off her fucking body. I would enjoy those scenes standing in the farm talking. Actually, I want him to punch Carl's head off his fucking <laughs> body just because of his bad acting. That kid makes Jake Lloyd look like an Oscar. When are you? When are there cheering? any other like child when actors? They should have cast what's his face, uh, Haley Joe Osment, Joel Osment, and everything. <laughs> when when you're rooting for the zombies. You're watching the wrong show. Well, maybe that maybe that's one. just you, you sick fuck. I gotta say that, like, Daryl... How cool is Daryl? Daryl's awesome. Daryl's really good. Daryl's a great character. And I'm like, 
And Merle is a great character as well. I don't know how likable he is. Yeah, he's he's a, a fucking psychopath yeah, with a knife on a his character. hand. But, you know, some people like zombies eating the main characters of the show and uh, psychopaths. So my, Other people just like regular people. After watching this season four trailer, where would you rate your excitement for season four? A three. Ian? Excitement for season four post-trailer? Uh, seven. I'm excited. I like The Walking Dead. I'm a fan. I like the show. Did the trailer seven. raise or lower your excitement from where it I was would before? Say, I would say raise. Ooh, I would say lower. Raise. Mr. Just Talking in the Farm. Looking forward to some action. Uh, I, I like all different kinds of things. I like rate, action and I like drama. Paul, rate your excitement. Um, My excitement probably went from a four to a seven. Wow, the trailer oh, did so work for so you. So we agree. Trailer worked for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Trailer did the opposite from yeah. what it's supposed to do. I'm, I'm a little worried that they're going to go completely off script. They, and, they are. And, they are. And do, everything's been so different. It, do, the, the whole... Why are they in the prison? How are they going to get out? I'm the, just the saying, whole I'm saying the governor with off the script. tanks and everything. They still had they still had some traces and an outline. This time through, I don't know. Still do that. He's I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, but with his two other guys, the, that big army. of Yeah, two. but you look at this trailer. I mean, clearly time has passed. There's about a million people living in that prison now. Yeah, and yeah. and they kind so of no saying the governor house. doesn't have a family, so, or he doesn't have a whole new group of people somewhere else. Yeah. They kind of hint at another group coming in there, and we don't know who that could possibly be. I mean, they could pull in some current yeah. um, villains from the Walking Dead books. They've they've just drawn things out. This has been a flaw of the show since the beginning. Shit is drawn out. Whether it is like certain plot lines over the course of um, a season, or just conversations within an episode. Every like things are just drawn out too long. They shouldn't still be in the prison. Tyrese's head should be fucking severed by now. Um, they kept uh, Shane around for a season longer than they should have. They should have kept no. Shane around. Shane was appropriate. Shane was appropriate in the whole second, the whole second season. You are you couldn't possibly be more wrong. He was gone. Why? Because it's not the same exact thing that happened in the books. Is that why? Because it doesn't reflect exactly what happened in the book. It doesn't even come close to reflecting. But that's okay. They did it good. It was fine. It was well written. Mm, it went on too long. And the way they got rid of him, they pussied out, and they had yeah, Shane they kill him. They should have had Carl kill him. Yeah, I, I didn't like the, the way that they killed him, but I liked the development of the character throughout that entire s season. I liked that character... The whole time he was on the screen, I felt for that character. That was the character that I most identified with. I, I thought it was good. doesn't have to be exactly like the books. No, it doesn't, but it wasn't even close. That's fine. He it was, was so only, good. He was only in six issues. He was never on the farm. You didn't need his element there. Um, you you kind of did within the context of the show because the rest of it was so I think, boring. I think that he would have done the book's more justice if they would have kept him in the books for longer. He clearly served the point. Uh, uh, there was a lot of tension there. The opposing leadership of Rick and Shane, and the was, love was triangle that the love triangle the that was there would have been something to dread. Robert Kirkman even said himself that he wishes 
that when he was doing the books originally, this worked so good in the TV show, I wish I would have kept Shan around longer. I disagree. With the writer of the show and the books. I disagree with what was written in the books. Or no, I disagree with, yeah, the writer, what he said later. I agree okay. with what he initially That's wrote. That's fine. Did I jump on Matt enough for you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now we talked about it's not a podcast until Ian raises his voice. We we talked about The Walking Dead for far too long. Let's talk about you know what we we talk about we do a little show prep. We're not totally unprofessional here. We no. talk about some things you know we'll talk about in the podcast, and I think all of us before the show we're like, all right, we'll hit this, we'll hit this, we'll hit this. And then we hit each one for so fucking long. For me, I always think, like, I was like, all right, we'll talk Walking Dead for, like, five, ten minutes. But we've been on it for, like, a half hour. This is, like, the mini Walking Dead podcast. And when we first started talking, when you brought it back up, I was like, I forget what happened in the trailer. <laughs> we always have we always have so much more to say than I expect sometimes. So the big news coming out of Comic-Con is clearly Batman being the bad guy in Man of Steel 2. Yes, that's true. Batman, Superman, or is it Superman, Batman? Superman, Batman is the official title. But they'll probably name it Batman, Superman, because he makes more money. They'll probably name it World's Finest. I hope they name it World's That'd Finest. That'd be cool. I but, like, they, but they won't because nobody would know what that is. I like that what DC has been Superman, doing. Superman, Batman, no, World's Finest? People will probably just call it the Superman, Sometime Batman movie. With, I think yeah. they'll call well, it with this new, With the new way DC is doing movies now, it seems like after... Um, after Batman Begins, you know, they called the second one Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. They called this one Man of Steel. They're not just coming out and saying, like, Superman. Like, right. I wouldn't be surprised if like they did... name monikers. If they did, like, a Wonder Woman movie and just called it Amazon. <laughs> or, would you like that? Online you know, shopping. You know, People would be like, is this a movie about Congo? Like... No, it's a movie about online shopping. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I, 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 if they just came out and just called this World's Finest, I think that would be fantastic. Even though it's not going to be World's Finest, because World's Finest is like the buddy cop superhero movie. But this is going to be Superman and Batman locked in the fucking death throes for two and a half hours. It is? I think so. Why? I really like that Amazon joke. <laughs> I can tell. I agree. I think it was funny. It was really funny. So. It was as funny as you are handsome. Whoa! <laughs> this podcast is Matt Cassell, your number one. Aw, uh, thanks. Well, whenever they, whenever they made the announcement at Comic-Con, the guy that played General What's-His-Face in Man of Steel read the quote from... Zod? No, the... Uh, the human general. General Swanson... Sure. Let's go with Swanson. He read the quote from Dark Knight Returns about how, remember this moment, Clark, when my hands are on your throat, that I'm the guy that beat you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And before that, Zack Snyder was like, all right, we're going to do this. It's going to tell you a little bit about the direction we're going in. And that tells me that I'm not going to get the buddy cop movie that I want. I'm going to get... Superman and Batman fighting for two and a half hours. Yeah. And for as amazing as it will be seeing those two on the big screen together, that's not the way I want to see them together. 
I know what you mean, uh, although I think there needs to be that, that really, like, heavy tension between the two characters. You know, you have these completely opposite style heroes that probably don't trust one another's methods. I don't know. It seems like Man of Steel was uh, breaking people's necks and demolishing cities. I think there can be heavy tension without the obligatory heroes fight before they become friends. Yeah, but you have to do it. Yeah, you gotta do it. I mean, it was cool to see in the Avengers when they had Iron Man fighting Thor. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was pretty fucking awesome. I don't care what you say. Uh, You're gonna have to have Superman and Batman tussle. Not for the whole movie, not in, you know, like, not as the climax of the movie. Obviously, they have to join forces and defeat Doomsday or something, but, um... Who will the villain be in that movie? Maybe it'll be Lex and the Joker. No way. I'm not they did it. They I don't did, think they'd shoot their load like that. Probably not, but they did do a World's Finest um, animated movie. Uh, Bruce Tim, I, I guess, was like the lead uh, creative person on it. And uh, Lex was in it. Joker was in it. It was, it was fantastic. It really was. Okay. And uh, and that was supposed to re- what? I said I agree. You're both looking at me like I was going to disagree. <laughs> you said I agree. I said you I made agree. A face. You made a face as if because you both were creepily looking at me. <laughs> was it creepy? It was creepy. The way the way you guys were looking at me. It what was it me, like? It gave me chills. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was like. Something I've never felt before. Wow. Anyway, Ooh. Superman Batman. Um, That's a Star Wars. So part. the uh, the animated world's finest movie was kind of the first time that Batman and Superman had met, and I think they did a really cool job of like kind of um, like flip flopping between Metropolis and Gotham, and I think there are things that this movie can kind of like learn from as far as like how to do that. I and think so too. One of my favorite touches from World's Finest is that Bruce is kind of kind of trying to date Lois Lane and like pisses pisses Clark off yeah yeah but you can't use the Joker they're not going to use the Joker they won't bring the Joker back so I mean the Joker is going to be no matter what whenever they do bring him in it's going to be such a touchy subject because Heath Ledger died I think and -hmm. and I feel like the masses are never going to accept the guy that has to follow Heath Ledger. No matter how good the performance is, even if it's better than what Heath Ledger did. Do you think that in this version of the DC Universe, they'll be able to bring the Joker back in? Uh, yeah. This is... Because I think the, the Do you think you need to, though? Maybe not for this movie, but at some point, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah once you, this new... You need the yin to Batman's yang. Yeah, once this world's finest Batman can't spins off... Professor Pig. Spins off into his <laughs> own movie. Joker will be in one of those movies. Yeah. Magpie is going to be in the um, next Batman. She I, is so I'm, hot, she should not be on a Saturday morning cartoon. I am really interested to see, number one, who are they going to cast for Batman? Uh, number two... What is what is he gonna look like? What's the costume gonna look like? Is it gonna be, like, kind of more like comic book, or is it gonna still kind of retain a lot of the things that the Christian Bale suit had? Um, maybe kind of a, a blending of the two. I don't know. Um, I, ho- I I hope they go a little more 
traditional comic booky. I hope them. so too, but I felt like the new the Man of Steel movie existed more like in the the Christopher Nolan Batman universe. Yeah, isn't that like, the direction that they're going with the movies? It seems like the DC ones have like this like more realistic feel to them. Whereas Which is a smart idea to go away from the whimsy of the Marvel U. Yeah, and I think you can go that way and use the Chris Nolan Batman costume template, but not make it so army looking. You want him to look like the shirt that you are currently wearing with the gray and the Batman, the animated series costume. Yes. The, yes. But I understand I'm not going to get that. The bat symbol on the uh, the official Superman Batman logo, which Paul has up on the screen, which I'm sure Ian will gra- graciously include on the um, on the website. On the follow-along. On the follow-along visual guide. Visual guide, if you will. Visual guide. It is the, uh, the Frank Miller uh, Dark Knight Returns chunky bat, bat symbol. Bat. The fat bat symbol. Which and Paul it, hates. I would, you know, we've seen all the symbols on the, on the shirts and the, the armor and everything. We haven't seen this one. I would love to see it. I think it would be very cool. Even though I'm a fan of the, the bat in the yellow circle, and I kind of miss that. I wish that that still existed somewhere in the comics, which it doesn't. I guess it exists maybe in uh, Batman 66, yeah. which this may be a good segue into. We don't have time for that. We'll do that next week. We'll do it next week, Ian. I'm sorry. It's okay. Is there anything else, Paul, you'd like to say about the Batman Superman movie? I'd be, I, I would prefer a gray outfit with the black bat, but not this ugly, fat Frank Miller bat. It doesn't matter who created it. I, I don't like big, chunky Batman symbol. I think it's cool looking. I think it's cool looking. Um, do you, So, let me just get this straight. The, the Batman Superman movie is going to be the next movie that DC makes. Yes. Where does Man of Steel 2 fall into this? This will be Man of Steel 2. It will be. Mm-hmm. Could it just be called Man of Steel 2? Maybe. I think they. I, I think that they'll call it Superman, Batman, or World's um, Finest or something. Do like they that. have plans on doing yet a, a, another just standalone Superman movie? There's been no talk other than Batman will be in Man of Steel 2. And, and now a lot of the headlines are Superman, Batman. And then they also announced there's going to be a Flash movie that comes out one year later after the Superman-Batman movie. Mm -hmm. And then Justice League after that. Um, Who's going to be in the Justice League? Jon Stewart. Cyborg. Hold hold on. Jon Stewart, is that confirmed? No. It's not not confirmed. But I would bet dollars to donuts that Jon Stewart would be... I've heard that one before. I've heard that one before. I've heard dollars to donuts. Well, Spinning plates be, or whatever the fuck you were talking about before. <laughs> I'll bet juggling pies in the air or whatever the fuck you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I think your your Green Lantern and Justice League has to be Jon Stewart or else that movie's just way too white. We've covered uh, we've covered multiculturalness on this Through podcast the, before. Well, hold on a second. The 19 Avengers. episodes. How many black guys are on the Avengers team? That's, super, that's the, the superheroes for white folks. Hey, I like that movie. <laughs> well, half of you likes well, that movie. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, um, they had the blackest dude on earth, Samuel L. Jackson, in that movie. He was the directing leader? them. So 
Yeah, but you can kind of count Nick in the Hulk experience. Yeah, that I doesn't guess. count. Green and black are different. He's a, a color a minority. <laughs> a, I didn't a, see, a color. I didn't see any other green people in that movie. He wasn't peach. He wasn't peach. Right, which is clearly not a color. Nor was he even swarthy. No, he wasn't. If you use swarthy one more time, <laughs> um, so based on so, the the whiteness of the Avengers. I feel like your argument, Paul, kind of doesn't have like a whole lot of legs. Okay. Do you think they'd go ahead and do like the all white league for all white heroes? Well, they already did for the Avengers, so I feel like they would. I'm not saying that's what they are going to do. I just think that clearly it's been done where you have an all white team and it has been successful. Like I, I didn't see. You know, protests in the street in outrage, saying there's not enough black people. No, in the but Avengers. DC has DC has more of an opportunity to change things up than Marvel does, because the Avengers are set in stone. The Avengers are straight up white. You have an option with Green Lantern to you make could, they could have put John Stewart. They could have put Luke Cage in there. They could have. Yeah, they could have Luke. Who are you gonna take out for for Luke for Luke Cage? Black Widow. You could have. I mean, at that point, then you could have taken. All, then your team's all you, guys. You could have taken Hawkeye. out. You could have not done Hawkeye. You could have, or you could have had fucking Luke Cage in there and add him in there. It wasn't like there would have been enough time to have Luke Cage in there for a little bit, if that was if that's what they wanted to do. No one knows who Luke Cage is. He would have been shoehorned into that movie just to have a black guy in there. But Nobody John knows Stewart. Who Hawkeye. John Stewart as Green Lantern can play an integral role in that movie. And the the, the right. cast of Avengers, I mean, they added Black Widow. She's not always an Avenger either. That's just shoehorning a woman onto the team. Luke Cage wasn't an Avenger until Bendis had a boner for him. It's like ten years ago. It's been a long time. Still, and Black Widow was an Avenger back way way back in the day. Was she? Yeah. Was she? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know if she was. I don't Maybe. care. But anyway, I think that. Don't you think that Ian hates black people? Them, That's what I'm getting. From no, this don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, if you listen to 19 episodes, I love episodes, when Ian wants you to agree with him. He always says, "Don't you think that?" You're basically saying you agree with. Him. I always want you to agree with me. So don't I think and, that what? Don't you think that? The Green Lantern movie's failures have more to do with them maybe including Jon Stewart and having the audience forget about that particular version of Green Lantern than the racial component. I think they are both arguments for putting him in there. Okay. Because you distance yourself from the failure of Hal Jordan. Now getting to the really important part, would you fucking care if it was Jon Stewart? Would you like it? Would you hate it? Would it make a difference to you? No. No, it wouldn't. I'd, I'd prefer it to be Hal Jordan all the time, but they already flushed him down the toilet, so... Speaking for it's, the entire black community, I don't care either way. I don't really care either way either. Um, my, what I'm more interested in is... Did the Green Lantern movie really... like? Is it canon within this universe? Is it its own thing? I don't think it's going it, to be. I think it's going to be like the Nolan Batmans. So it's like it never happened? If that's the case, make it Hal Jordan then. Well, I was... You think it's going to be like the Nolan Batmans? 
You, like you're, in, you're in you're a thinking, separate universe. Oh, I think that the Nolan Batmans are going to be sort of part of this universe. I think they're going to connect. No, they've already, no. Said, they've already said it's not. No. Okay. Brand new. Well, then, what brand I new think everything. doesn't matter. Which I think is good. In a weird way. Because I sort of feel like the Nolan Batman universe could have gone together with the Man of Steel universe. But at the same time, I have been longing for somebody to do a proper comic book style Batman. As, as much as I love the Tim Burton Batman, and it's my favorite of all the Batman movies, and it definitely has a very comic book vibe to it, it's also got its own Tim Burton vibe, which is even more prevalent than a comic book vibe. And then the Christopher Nolan Batmans are just too real world for me. I want a Batman movie that feels like I don't Batman think from the what I would, don't think like you're going to satisfy because I know you feel this way too to satisfy that particular itch what would they have to do to make Batman have a comic book vibe put him in a Marvel movie yeah, well yeah that's kind of accurate I mean bring bring the animated series sensibilities to to life um like have have Paul Dini write the fucking thing. Isn't it weird? One of the that best Batman writers of all time. They have so many writers that are so experienced with going back and forth between film production and actually writing comic books, but they never tap any of those guys. To it's write a shame. Um, David Goyer uh, wrote the the Dark Knight trilogy. He wrote the Man of Steel, and he's going to be writing this new movie. That makes me a little apprehensive, to be honest with you. I feel like tonality, it. I'm nervous that it's going to follow in that same style, whereas I want it to have a that it's going to be joyless. Well, yeah, the Superman movie didn't have uh, didn't have a sense of humor at all, but um, the Batman movies are, are so so like kind of rooted in reality. They want it so badly, and even the Superman movie, I feel, um, and. And I think it's necessary to shift away from that, especially now that we're bringing Batman back as a brand new version. But they won't shift away from it because it's made the money. Even though Joyless Man of Steel, people may but they, they're gonna like have it or not. To. They're, they're going to have to, I think. To. They don't have to. Because it's a completely brand new Batman that's supposed to not have anything to do with the previous one. I feel like it'll confuse people if it if it's too similar. But I'm nervous that it will be too similar. I think it's going to be just like the movies that we've been getting that have been, you know, some critically acclaimed, all have made money. Why would they shift away from that? Unless it's Joel Schumacher making this Batman, it's going to make money. I don't think the the tone of it is going to matter as long as it's not like neon lights and, and bat nipples. Matt, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get what you're looking for i think we're gonna get a very similar batman to christian bale's batman because yeah, maybe the tone of man of steel is very similar to the the nolan movies it's not so much law and order with batman in it right. but it's it was real close yeah it was very serious though like i'm i'm really hoping and i and i joked after i saw that superman movie by the way i said man the joker should have fucking showed up and asked superman why so serious <laughs> um, and I, I before I even found out about these the Batman Superman movie I was hoping that they would t- 
take the next Superman movie and, and add some lighter elements to it, which I figured they would because, you know, they established Clark Kent of the uh, Daily Planet, you know, with the glasses and everything, and I feel like you have to have that, like, kind of opposite of Superman, somewhat bumbling, like, maybe not to the degree that Christopher Reeve played him all those years ago, but you kind of have to have that kind of somewhat clumsy Clark Kent to offset the uh, super cool guy Superman. I think it's I think it's funny that the Marvel universe, the Marvel movies have gone kind of lighter and brighter, and they traditionally are the ones with the more serious, more angst-ridden, troubled heroes. But Marvel as a company never really took itself as serious as DC did. But DC Marvel. is the one with the light, bright heroes, and now they're the ones making the dark, serious. The light, movies. bright heroes, like the little things with That'd the eggs that you put in. Eggs favorite. I think that I don't know how dark and brooding all of Marvel's heroes are. As Spider-Man, dark and brooding. They're or not the Fantastic Four. Is even Captain America? Yeah, I never got the sense that Marvel was uh, darker. They're, they're like realistic, sure, but I. Well, I, I never even got that had, sense either. But they dealt with like different like. They had more, more realistic issues. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Okay, but I think as a company, they've always. You know, it's not. It wasn't anybody in DC that's saying fucking Excelsior and naming all their. I'm not characters. talking about the company. And, and I'm talking about the characters. And I would, well, that filters into the. I characters. would argue. I don't though, think that just because they're in New York City, that's it such make a them. silver agey kind of like comparison. I feel like since nineties or eighties, they've been the same. No, I don't think so. I think, I think they're somewhat interchangeable at this stage. I think DC tries too hard to make them interchangeable, and it doesn't work for those heroes. I wouldn't agree with that. Because then you get joyless Superman. Well, you're talking about the movie. I'm talking about the comic books. Uh, well, then you get garbage comic books that no one's buying. Because well, they're too much like Marvel? Because they want to make Superman have a little edge. and Superman well, then how come, a little then, edge. I mean, how come Marvel can do it and DC can't? Maybe it's just, the, it's just the era that the characters were created in. I don't know. I, I think that, know. that the... the tone of the books have been kind of similar since the 80s probably I mean you have all these writers that keep flip flopping back and forth between Marvel and DC and yeah but for the last like 12 years you had Bendis writing Marvel and Jeff Johns writing DC stuff you know it's been pretty similar they keep the similar writers enough of them yeah, yeah. don't you think <laughs> well don't you think I would be That's me being nice and when you're like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I would um be interested if those guys flip flopped companies actually. I'd like to see Marvel Studios do a DC movie. Well well what I was saying, comic books, like I'd buy a Brian Michael Bendis DC book. I'd be more excited to see you guys talk about crossovers and what and I know that might be a topic for another podcast. But I'd I'd more like to see the creators crossover than the heroes meet. At this stage, yeah, because I feel, especially on the Marvel side of things, they need a shake up like in the worst way. And I feel like guys like Bendis like maybe could benefit from that too. Yeah, I think DC has yeah. had DC's had there's some staples over there that have been over there for a long time, but they also have a lot of new guys coming in like Lemire and Charles Soule and Justin Jordan. But I feel like Marvel, for the last so many years, has been five guys. And, like, now 
they're being called the architects. And that's so fucking that's pretentious. So, yeah, it really is. And I have to agree with that. Like there's And they're making a shitty building. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, a lot of the general talk is that, you know, there's some negativity going on. So I think it may help those guys if you shake them up and maybe get a couple of them out of there. Well, I know that Bendis loves Marvel. Like mm-hmm. I don't think he has any interest in doing D C characters. Do some creator own stuff for a while, or maybe maybe he has interest if DC like shells over a couple extra bucks his way. I don't think that DC. I don't know. Would DC do that? DC I think they would be absolutely. Would they be? Would they be too prideful to do it? It Seems like no. DC are whores. Imagine all they see is Bendis with a dollar sign on the end, and they'll be like, "Whatever you want," and then. He'll do whatever he wants, like Azarello's doing on Wonder <laughs> Woman, and I'll hate that too. Imagine though, if like Man, Jeff would, Johns I, I'm crossed over. Excited. Yeah, Jeff Johns on like X Men or something. X Men, like how or, he did Teen Titans. What if he did a run on Silver Surfer? Holy Stop. fucking shit! No, I'm serious, because <laughs> he does the whole cosmic yeah, yeah, Green yeah, yeah. Lantern, I, you know, the whole space opera. I think he could like put add like a um, somewhat define the character for. You know, the 21st century, because there hasn't been good Silver Surfer since... Since ever. Since the 90s. Sam S. wrote a good Silver Surfer. I'm going to punch you. I don't like the Silver gonna, Surfer. You don't have to. I'm, I'm going to break your computer. You good one. It's okay. You've never read it. You don't know what you're talking about. So All the Silver Surfer so that I've encountered, mouth. I have not enjoyed. What have you read? It was in Marvel Space. It doesn't even count. Oh, the Annihilation... Read a good run on Silver Surfer. I, I I don't think I'm gonna like it. I don't. I'm I'm just not interested in that character. I can go in with as open mind as possible, and if you give me something, I'll no, read it. No, you can't go in with an open mind because you're always saying I wouldn't like it. I don't think I would. I'm I'm I've never been interested in that character. I understand. I've but never that's been not like, oh, maybe I ought to check that out. You're going in already hating it, so. I don't I don't hate him. I just don't like him. I'm just, I'm just not interested. I'm indifferent. That's fine. You, you don't have to be. But I'm excited for this creator crossover thing. I hope that it happens. Well, I'm exciting. sure that when Marvel and DC listen to this week's episode, they'll start, you know, thinking about it. They'll probably get on the phone with each other. What's gonna, what's gonna happen is the companies will get the other creators once their prime is over. Once new upcoming. Yeah, once once Bendis gets knocked out of the king seat at, at Marvel and he's you know running on fumes, that's when he'll he's, put out some DC stuff. What what's the average lifespan of these like kind of elite writers usually? Like Chris Claremont he, back he, in his day, he was, went for what twenty years? Something is it like that, that long? We have it was to the seventies seventies into the eighties, the to the late nineties. He stopped writing. No, he he X-Men. took a long break. And then he came back and it sucked, right? Well, he, he stopped writing Uncanny in, like, 92. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, so what do you think? Maybe five more years of Bendis? <laughs> yeah, maybe. And I'm not, I'm not even a Bendis hater, so... I like Bendis, but it would be cool to see, um... I don't just hate different, Bendis either. different eyeballs. I on. just, I, you know, like, get off Avengers. Go write... Like, I was excited about X-Men... Maybe, haven't read it yet. Maybe Bendis' problem is that he's got too many plates in the air. 
And if you could focus <laughs> on just like one plate, it would be too able many to, spinning plates. Too many spinning. Are they spinning or are they just plates? They're spinning. They're spinning. That's the they problem. Too many spinning. Because you need to keep them spinning. Too many it's spinning. Too many spinning plates. And on that note, we're gonna call it a podcast. Thanks for listening to our 2013 Comic Con International Special. And we'll which be, was uh, the Mini Walking Dead podcast. Which was our Mini Walking Dead podcast. And we'll be back next week with some more good stuff, I'm sure. I'm Paul McGinty. <laughs> Ian Sharpley. Handsome Matt. God damn it. He's not all that handsome. See ya.